You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. They cut the power. How could they cut the power, man? They're animals. I watched it too with trackers. It's an eight-foot creature of some kind with acid for blood, and it arrived on your spaceship. It kills on sight and is generally unpleasant. It's a queen. How did you know that? She'll breed. You'll die. Well, here we are. Can't believe it. Dallas. I know. So, so quickly. We're Major almost character. at the end of the first film, aren't we? We are, yes. Is this the furthest? No, because... Yeah, it is the furthest we go, isn't it? Because um, Parker and Lambert are both dead before. No, they're not. Parker Where and Lambert die after Dallas. Do they, though? Are we talking about the special edition? Because oh. Dallas is still alive. Oh, uh, right. So, special edition, then. Did you watch Did you watch the theatrical cut for your uh, research, or the special edition? Did uh, you watch I, any deleted scenes? I'm so familiar with the theatrical cut, I watched the special edition. Right, that's going to be interesting, because I decided to watch the, act the theatrical oh. All right, and I watched it um, with the subtitles on and the Ridley Scott um, audio commentary, just to oh, see right. if there was any information that I could garner from it. All right, Ooh. so that's how we both watched it. So uh, before we talk about it, though, um, the usual thing we do on this show, um, and my first question always is to you: Do you know what his first name is? I actually don't on this one. I've I've purposely not looked on uh, Alien Wiki for right. Dallas. Let's see. Let's um, see if you can guess. And listener, if you don't know, let's see if you can guess it before Ian does. All right. Uh, so I will say. Uh, yeah. First thing I'll say is it's as what's the word I'm looking for? It's as inappropriate as Parker's first name. Oh God! Is As in Parker is terrible? a Dennis. Yeah. Is right? it a Kevin? It's not a Kevin, but not it's Kevin. it. It's distinctly English. Right. Right. It's distinctly okay. English. I can give you a clue, and you'll get <gasps> it, it immediately. Is it Dave Dallas? No, it's not Dave. Is Dallas. it Debbie? And Debbie does does. Yeah. D, D, D. No, no, yeah. no, no. Is no. I think this is proper proper English. I don't think okay. you'll get this but, in many other countries. No. No, it's not Bert. Um, there, there is a clue I can give you which anyone of our age in England would get. Anyone out of England will not get. The other thing I'll say is it, I think it is a quintessentially English name. Well, yes, yeah. of, of course it is. And it begins with the letter A. A. Arthur. Yes. Arthur Dallas. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. See, he don't to look me, like Arthur, one, does he? Arthur is either Arthur on, on the buses or That's Arthur the... Mullard. No, I, it was on the buses that I yeah. was going to uh, can, offer up. Can you imagine if Arthur Mullard had played Dallas? He would have never got through those vents, would he? <laughs> I've, I've killed the alien. I accidentally sat on it. Oh, man. 
man. No, no. Arthur. No, that. Can you see anyone in this film? I mean, you yeah. know, when Ripley says Dallas, be careful when they go in to see Kane and the facehugger's gone. If she went, Arthur, be yeah. careful. You'd Arthur. go. Arthur. Who's Arthur in that room then? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I suppose. I mean, is because he's a, you know Dallas is an American character. Yes. Is Arthur? I'm trying to think of any famous American Arthurs. Other than I mean, no, because Arthur the film was British. Yes. Dudley Moore. I can't. It. That's a weird thing, isn't it? It is. And I'm I glad think that's it not is... in the film. I'm no. So glad that's not. In the well, film. It, it is in the. We'll talk about this more when we reach behind the scenes. But it is in Ridley Scott's little bio. Oh, right. Okay. Bi- bi- biograph thing that he did. Um, and he was called Arthur, so I, I guess this is Ridley. Isn't um, it weird that neither of us went with like Arthurian legends, that mm. version of Arthur? Because no. he's he's basically he's captain, he's king. Yes, you know he's King Arthur. But when but, he, both of us went with uh, with Arthur from on the buses. Yes, or Arthur Mullard, as you say. Arthur Mullard. Um, and he's got a middle name as well, oh. which I've never heard of before. Coblins. What? Spell that one for me. K O B L E N Z. I have never heard that as a name. No, I think that, that I is... think it's meant to be cobblers. <laughs> it, cobblers. We'll say cobblers to cobblins. Yeah. Um, that is James Cameron, and as I say, oh. we'll talk about that on behind that, the scenes. Yeah. All right. That smacks of you. You know, um, in Dan O'Bannon's original screenplay when all the all the characters had space stupid names, names yeah yes. that strikes me as i bet that's from something like that mm. was that i mean i should have looked it up was was the captain called coblenz in the no, original there isn't any coblenz in the dan o'bannon no. script but it sounds like it's come out of it yeah. doesn't it you that's know? a space name yeah that's and a then nation one it is arthur's not Arthur I mean, that's... definitely not no. Arthur Coblenz yeah. Dallas. Um, I could see Bishop in Aliens. I was going to say Alien 2. What the hell is Alien 2? <laughs> Aliens. Uh, I could see Bishop being Arthur because he ends up Arthur Bishop, don't he? Oh, not bad. Sorry. Not bad. That's not bad for seven in the evening, Ian. <laughs> um, and uh, finally, Dallas. Do you know the origin of the surname Dallas? It is a proper uh, surname. Presumably. Um, Someone from Dallas. Was Dallas the place? Is this an older name than Dallas the place in Texas? It is. It is a a surname after the place, Dallas, but not Dallas, America, because, you know, know, many places in America. Named after the original. Yeah, the colonialists, you know, they move out. Where's where's Dallas in the UK then? Dallas is uh, in Scotland. Is it? Yes. In fact, I'm going to click on Dallas. I know what it means. It says it's a small rural village in Moray, Scotland. All right. It's 12 miles southwest of Elgin. Okay. Elgin. It's all connected. Yeah. (laughs) And it has a population of between 150 and 200. I'd quite like... This this is going to sound wrong. I'd quite like to live in Dallas. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be good. Um, Do you ever think... Have you actually? I, this, you probably won't get this because I don't know whether you, you're aware. In Alien vs. Predator Requiem, there's another character called Dallas. Is Requiem the one with the pyramid? At the, no, no, at the it's, North the, Pole? It's, it's the one set on Earth in the little American town. In Hicksfield. the second one, yeah, right. It's not a very good film. I watched the, it once, yeah. and that was enough. The police 
I, I was in the cinema watching it and the police character, the captain, turns up and he's named Dallas and I thought, oh, that's just, that's not, that's not paying homage, is it? That's just ripping off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're talking about the proper Dallas. Yeah, and this proper Dallas, I've got a heck of a backstory for him. Oh, right. Oh. oh. Yeah. Um, now, I... Is this going to be of... smattering of style? Like yes, I think what we've got here is a smattering of um, uh, Ridley Scott's backstory that he wrote, okay. right? James Cameron's backstory that he wrote that we see on the screen when Ripley's having her, um, yeah. you know, uh, uh, um, court martial court martial thing, and some of it I think has been tweaked by some fanboy somewhere. Okay, right. sounds, sounds like it's going to be a right old hodgepodge. I don't think you're going to like this, right? Are you ready? This is it, and it's quite yeah. a, a lengthy segment, but we will get to the uh, the film shortly. He was born Arthur Dallas, right, in 2075 in Wolf Point, Montana, okay. and grew up in Port Arthur in Texas. Hang on, so his name's Arthur, and he grew up in Port, in Port Arthur. Arthur. That, I think that's the fan that's service. A, that's a that's a coincidence too far. Why did, would you need to do that? That's a bit silly. Mm. Now, can all this coming up, can you see our Dallas doing all this, right? Go on. It says, he obtained his space flight license from the Merciton Flight Academy, after which he served a three-year stint as pilot and navigator aboard the salvage vessel USSCS Snark. Well, see, Snark, that's out the original Dan O'Bannon screen. That's the original name for the yeah. ship that became the Nostromo. Exactly, so, again, yeah. I, yeah. I could see him on the salvage vessel. Yeah, 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 okay, I'll buy that. Okay, yeah. all right. Following this, he transferred to the military transport UTX Ganymede, serving under Captain Britain. Not what? the not Captain not, Britain? Not oh, that Gauntlet Captain Man. Britain. No, no. Different Captain Britain. With the outbreak of the Civil War on Taurian Prime in 2106, Dallas was commissioned into the United America's Outer Rim Defense Fleet and spent the conflict piloting the fast attack vessel UAS Leviathan. Again, another name. Leviathan, another Another name for the Nostromo, right? So he's a pilot in an attack vessel. Can you see Dallas being a pilot in an attack no, vessel? I, I can't see him being military at all. Well, get this. Yeah. Okay, so here he is. He's a pilot in an attack vessel. After the liberation of Torin Prime two years later, Dallas received the Sunburst Medal of Honor for his service, was promoted to captain, and given command of the troop transport UAS Archangel. However, a little more than a year later, Archangel was destroyed in an ambush during a peacekeeping operation on Thedas with the loss of 15,000 lives. Who are they fighting against? I don't know. I don't it, picture there being any a big major war in this universe. Maybe they were fighting replicants. Oh, could be. Hmm. Yeah. Blame for the disaster was placed on Dallas. He was stripped of his fly, flight license and dishonorably discharged from the from the you know the United America's yeah. outer. Blah, 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 his once promising career in ruins. Dallas would spend the next few years largely off the grid before returning to space with the crew of the smuggling ship Vidar, running weapons and medical supplies into the Solomons. Nope, don't see that either. No. This this all smack. This is not the character that Tom Skerritt's playing. No, no. 
He eventually managed to regain his flight status by taking a job running hazardous materials for Whalen yutani Corporation. The dangerous but well-paying assignment not only saw him regain his license, but also provided him with sufficient funds to purchase his own cargo vessel, the USCSS Tremolino. Right. Around this time, Dallas became close friends with Ellen Ripley. Subsequently... No. Uh, uh, hang on. Subsequently inviting her to join Tremolino's crew when his existing warrant officer retired, although she, she respectfully declined. Almost at the end. Tre- Tremolino was decommissioned in 2119 and the crew disbanded. Dallas subsequently returned to the employ of Whalen Yutani and was given command of the Nostromo. Several months into his posting, he once again offered his friend Ripley a place on the ship. This time she agreed and took the role of warrant officer. And that's it. Uh, that all sounds like rubbish to me. Mm. I, I mean, what, whatever they want to do. But, but to me, A, I don't think he knows Ripley previous to this, and Ripley only joined just before they left on this mission because he says that in the film. Um, I know everyone says, oh, they, they, they play it like they've got a romantic liaison. I've never got that. I don't think Dallas likes Ripley, and I don't think Ripley respects Dallas at all. Well, when you watch the film, the way Ripley talks to Dallas is the same rip- way Ripley talks to Brett and Parker. Yeah. yeah. Um, the only... The, the, the only nod to anything like that is when, you know, she says, Dallas, be careful when they go into the medical room to yeah, find but, out what but I the think she would have said gone. that. But she would say that to anyone. To anyone, yeah. yeah. This, I, I think this all stems from the fact there was originally meant to be a sex scene between them, wasn't it? Sigourney Weaver's audition was that scene. But, no, I, nothing about these portrayals suggests to me that they're an intimate item or ever have been I think Rip. I mean we'll, we'll cover more when we actually finally do Ripley but I think Ripley is pretty much the only professional member of this crew and she sees the rest of them as bloody amateurs mm. um, and that's the level of, of interaction I think she has with them but, but Dallas to me he's 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 sort of us. He's happy what he's doing because he's got no ambition whatsoever. No, he just wants a you quiet know, life, doesn't he? He wants a quiet life. He wants to do the minimum. I mean, he, he's sort of... He's more Dave Lister than he is bloody Roger Ramjet. Yeah, he's not Han Solo, really, is no, he? No, no, no. He, he's happy. He, he's the sort that would be happy running a, a cross-channel ferry. Yeah. You know, yeah. minim, minimum worry, no one above him telling him what to do. Um, yeah, I, nothing about him says military. His bearing, his demeanour, no, his no. look, no. his attitude, his competence level. He's not that hands-on as well. He, he lets no. his warrant officer, you know, chase up Parker and Brett yeah. and stuff. He doesn't really want to do much, does he? he he's more like the uh, the captain of the Golgothrinch and Biarc. Yeah, he's he's yeah he he's letting everyone else make the decisions, and I think he realizes once people start dying that he's got to step up, but he's not very good at it because mm. the choices he make are, are frankly ludicrous. 
<laughs> it's going to be interesting talking yeah. about his scenes, just seeing just that where does he start unraveling? Yeah. And, you know, because there are a couple of times where it's like, yeah, he's in charge. This is the captain. But for most of it, it's like, well, Kirk wouldn't do this. No. I, I kept, while well, well, I'm watching it, it's like, right, okay, supposing the M- Enterprise picked up this transmission and a, 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 you know, a away team beamed down and, you know, this, that. And it's like, yeah, no, Kirk wouldn't have done th- the things that no. Dallas is doing. No, not, not at all. Yeah, da- Dallas makes a lot of very questionable decisions in all of this, and it—he's it, just—he's a company man. He just follows orders. He's a, you know, I mean, several times in this where he goes, you know, that's what the book says. That's what I've been told to do. Mm. It, he's got no oomph or independence no, no ambition, or get up and no, go. Nothing, no ambition. Nothing. No. 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 And he can't no, control I, his crew. No. He's got, he's got um, no. Um, yeah, he's got no authority whatsoever. Well, the fact that they're customising their their uh, uniforms yep. and he, he lets that go, you know, um, says a bit as well, you know. Yeah, he. I mean, the the way um, Parker and Brett speak back to him, um, the the fact that you know, uh, Kane does what he wants. Yeah. He, yeah. He he's got no authority. Certainly not military. I mean, if if he was, I I can imagine all of his platoons just constantly getting wiped out yes yes yeah. yeah um i've seen i've seen mention where um they compare you know um dallas's death and everything to a psycho moment because people have said when this film came out that tom skerritt was pretty much yeah. he, maybe, he maybe yaffet yeah. as well but he he was the more well-known and it, and therefore it, it's a shock when he dies halfway yeah. through the film but well, he, yeah, he had he had come off the back of he was well known for Mash the film. I was, think a lot a lot of people was. forget because that character wasn't in a TV show, or if it was, it was different and only in like one or two episodes at the beginning. But yeah, he he was by far the biggest name in this in America. I mean, like Ian Holm was very well known on the British stage. John Hurt was a, a rising name in British no, cinema on TV, and TV. Yeah, and TV. Yeah. But yeah, Tom Skerritt. There's a reason he gets, you know, he usually gets top billing on posters and things like that. He he was the star. Yeah, I could see that. That there's a bit of. I think it's probably a bit late in the in the film to to have that psycho moment. Mm. But it is it is nice sort of thing that you, you expect him to be the hero. Well, you expect the captain yeah. to see yeah. it right the way through to the end, and if you yeah. have got at least in, an, in on the American market a, a very well-known actor as the captain of a spaceship, Captain Kirk again, you expect yeah. him to make it through to the end. Um, yeah, you, but, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect um, in Forbidden Planet Leslie Nielsen to die halfway through, would you? Say, oh, you, you expect your expectation is that Dallas is going to get through and solve the issue. Yeah, um, but then you watch the film and you very rapidly get the feeling he's probably not going to survive this because he doesn't seem very good at his job. Mm, yeah, for me, it, it 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 wasn't a shock that he died because a I hadn't seen Mash at that point. Um, when we get to his genre tally, I think I had seen him things, but it hadn't registered. But of course, with Alien, I'd already read and reread yes, endlessly yeah. the photo novel. So yeah, exactly, I yeah I. I don't think there were certainly some surprises in Alien the first time I saw it, and also the, you know, the the the, the atmosphere and that. 
but yeah, I knew the story, and I don't think I'd love to be able to go back and watch this without knowing that like Ripple is the final girl, and you know what happens. But yeah, we'd read that photo novel to bits. Yes, long you know? before the uh, yeah. it came out in the cinemas over here. Yeah, so all right, that's it. We're twenty minutes in, so let's finally talk about his screen time, shall we? Yes. So you don't see him in the um, in the room in the uh, waking up hypersleep. No, he, room. he's do, there. Do, he's do there you? in all, where he because he's sandwiched between Ripley and Lambert, and they decided not to go with uh, you know having nipple tape on show. Hmm. Um, we don't get to see him in in his glorious space nappy, do we? We've got photos. Yes, you have plenty of photos. Of lovely it, yes. photos of him yeah. in, in his space nappy. But no, he's at the back, isn't he? Yes, um, yeah. I love I love the the behind the scenes photos of that because he is quite clearly bored. Yes, he's got yeah. his arms God, up above his yeah. head. <laughs> God knows yeah. how long it took to light that properly and to do it. But yeah, he looks incredibly bored in this. Well, you could always have a sleep if you're bored, yeah. can't you? Yeah, you, you could know, do. you are in bed. So the first time we see him is at the breakfast table. And yes. uh, he's munching on a biscuit, looking at his watch, and and also drinking something out of a can. Um, and yet again, the podcast thing—you look for a, a one person in yeah. particular. And I've noticed that Dallas in this opening scene is watching Parker all the time. He's waiting for Parker to kick off. I imagine just before they went to bed, which for them is like. What uh, less than an hour ago? I imagine Park was kicking off. Yes, then about so, the yeah, situation. Yeah, he's waiting. You like say he's looking at his watch. It's almost like he's going. He's going to do a countdown. Five, four, three, two. <laughs> Here it ah, there's something I've forgotten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He, he's definitely watching Park, <laughs> and he's waiting for it. Yeah. and and yet yeah, then it then it comes. <laughs> What's the thing you got in business all day? I am cold. Still with us, Brett? Right. Yeah. Oh, I feel yes. dead. Anybody ever tell you you look dead? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I just forgot something, man. Uh, before we dock, I think we ought to discuss the bonus situation. Right. Brett and right. I, we think we ought to, we deserve full shares, right, right baby? You see, Mr. Park and I feel that the bonus situation has never been on a, an equitable level. Well, you get what you contracted for like everybody else. Yes, but everybody else gets more than us. Oh, his mother wants to talk to you. Uh, yes, uh, you got lights from my eyes on me. Okay, you dressed, huh? Parker? Can I finish my coffee? Mm. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he shoots him down, doesn't he? You get what you're yeah. contracted for. And it's, it's a lovely, nonchalant performance, isn't it? He's, like, he's, he's tossing something, a bit of food or something, not even looking at Parker, and it's like, yeah, yeah you'll, you'll get what you're contracted for. This is someone that's had this argument a few times. Mm. You know, he's, got, he's, yeah, total disinterest in it. He's just reiterating, well, you know, he knows exactly what Parker's going to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I take this stance. I take Dallas's stance sometimes at work. The the, the, yeah. the guys I work with very often they'll grumble about oh, you know, we're not paid enough. Uh, yeah. We're we're not paid enough. And 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 I'll say to him, well, 
you knew what the pay was when you signed your contract, you know? You can't grumble about it. You knew what the deal was yeah. before you started, and it's the same do you sort ever, of thing. Do you ever say, you get what you contracted for, same <laughs> as everyone else? I, I could put it in and see if they'd notice it, yeah, but they, no, 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 they yeah. wouldn't notice that. No. no. Um, and yeah, we find out that Mother, Ash tells yeah. him that Mother wants to talk to him, and he says, yellow lights for my, own, for yeah, my is, eyes only. This is the first glimpse of um, Ash steering this crew. Yeah, because Ash is like, you know, have you seen it? But Dallas has seen it. But Dallas has seen it, but he couldn't, he doesn't want to do it. He couldn't care less. He's going to have his coffee. He wants to have to sit down. You yeah. know, he's just got up. Yeah, it's sort of, he's almost shamed by Ash into, yeah, all right, I'll go and answer it. Um, I, we don't see the yellow light then. Well, something has occurred to me watching it is he says, yellow lights for my eyes only. So, presumably, somewhere there is a yellow light that's flashing. Yeah. But then I was thinking, he doesn't mean the yellow lights of Mother's Room. Well, but, he wouldn't be able to see him there. No, no, no. The yellow lights. You know the twinkling little yeah, lights the in the mother room? room. Yeah. The, he's, maybe he's saying the yellow lights are for my eyes only. I, I'm the only one who goes in there. Oh, right. And yeah. sees the yellow lights. Could be, yeah. Like, that's his pet name for, for mother sort of thing. Yeah. The old, yellow, yeah. Could be. Not, I've never not old blue eyes. Because there's definitely eyes. no flashing light. Normally, no. we, would, we would not, in a normally directed film, we would get a cutaway shot to a little blinking light. Mm. But if it is, if if yellow light does signify, you know, every has everyone got a colour? So if it was flashing blue, would it be oh, science officer's eyes? Or I, it seems I, I a can't see system. Parker yeah. or Brett alone in in no. the mother room. Can you? It looks too clean. It's spotless. Yeah, isn't there's it? no there's no porno mags pinned up. No, no. You know, gaffer tape anywhere. It, <laughs> That's when you this, know who yeah. was last in there. This is the most uh, the most traditional 60s and 70s science fiction looking part of the ship, isn't it? Mother's little pod. Yes. Um, I, I absolutely adore that sequence where he's walking down, pressing all the buttons, getting the little key out. I love that. That's right. so, so I've written good. down this complicated route to Mother's Door. Yeah. First of all, he types in a passcode, which opens a little door that gives yep. you a circuit board that you then have to put in a slot yeah. that opens a hatch that you put your fingers into and you press something, and then finally the door yeah. unlocks. I always, I, whenever I watch this, I always think of the uh, Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns is doing all this amazing stuff to get to the, the bunker room, and then the back door's just open and flapping <laughs> in the wind. Um, you wouldn't want this in emergency rooms. Quick, we're going to crash. I need to get to Mother. Oh, dear. I love the sound effects as well. It's a glorious sequence, this. Yes, yeah. Um, I, I I don't know why, but I appreciate it because we get a really good shot of it. But he decides he's going to put his jacket on yes. before he oh, goes in. Yes, goodness, he does. And again, we get that brilliant shot in the photo novel of the back of his jacket yeah. showing his uh, um, lovely Nostromo logo on the back. Yeah, his jacket is glorious. Yep, yeah. as yeah. is the uh, the mother room. And yeah, I, I like it. I know there was a lot of complaints. Like in in review, actual reviews at the time, from like in Starlog and things like that, where they were, were sort of saying this was too too much two thousand and one. This is, you know, why has it got all those lights? I think that and yeah. the medical bay are two nods to two thousand and one. Yeah. 
definitely, I think. Did you you ever um, research why do we associate flashing lights with computers? It's a fascinating story. Is it? Yeah. I have not looked into it, but yeah, it goes back decades upon decades, doesn't it? Yeah, so when, when um, uh, the first computer after Enigma, what was it called? I forget what it's called, but it's famous. It's the size of a room. And they were going to do a press conference for it to say, look, after we, our, our boffins in the war developed the computer. Um, but of course, it doesn't do anything. You know, a few valves, things like that. Nothing impressive on it. So they set up a board of lights in ping pong ball, just so that the press could go. Oh, this way. And it became such an iconic image for computers that Hollywood copied it. And now we associate um, computers with blinking, flashing lights. Oh. And it's nothing to do with it. It was just just done for that, you know, sort of press call thing. Um, but it's weird, isn't it, that we do... It's like, every time I run my PC, I always look and think, I wish I had some flashing lights. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. That is very interesting. It's mad, though, isn't it? Yeah, that, and it's still perpetuated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We still yeah, we still associate it. Yeah, they're still doing it now. Yeah. You still have all these banks of lights for that yep. don't seem to do anything. Yeah. Um, it. I mean... Alien is is timeless, but the keyboard and the and the font and everything looks yeah. a bit dated, doesn't it? This this I always there's a few bits in Alien because to us it's the perfect film, but reality there's a few bits where you you it always go it always bugs me a little bit, and this this is one of them. Yeah, you got a standard keyboard, and what. The, the number of key presses that Dallas does, there's no way he's <laughs> typing what's on that screen. He taps it like three times and yeah. up comes what's the story, mother? What's the mother? story, mother? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So either either key, keyboards have changed and they've got like macros for every... But that... It, it just looks like a normal keyboard. But yeah, I always think that. Again, lovely, lovely sound effect. I like mother. I like yeah. mother as a computer. I like, I like the breathing... Uh, that yeah. breathing ambient sound in there. Yeah, it's, it's it's so good, and I don't like their interface though. No, because it is it look it's yeah yeah. Weirdly, we've we've gone through, haven't we? So so green screen text was cutting edge at the time, mm-hmm. but then was rapidly replaced by you know things like Windows stuff like that. DOS is thing of the past. And so this alien for a long time looked horribly dated, but we've gone past that now, where we've got generations of people that no idea what a green screen mm. system is. So it's gone past that, and it's now it doesn't look dated anymore. No, it just looks futuristic. Yeah, yeah it's it's weird, isn't it? We've gone back round full circle. Mm. Yeah, we don't see what the story is because Dallas no. is just about to tell us all when he gets everybody together. Um. Time to be my seat. No. Yes, of course. Thank you. Sorry. What's happening now, baby? Well, some of you may have figured out we're not home yet. We're only halfway there. What? Mother's interrupted the course of our journey. Why? Yeah. She's programmed to do that should certain conditions arise. They have. Like what? Seems she has intercepted a transmission of unknown origin. She got us up to check it out. A transmission? Out here? Yeah. 
What kind of a transmission? Acoustical beacon at uh, repeated intervals of 12 seconds. SOS. I don't know. Human. Unknown. The sort of what? <laughs> we are obligated on the section. Well, I hate to bring this up, but uh, this is a commercial ship, not a rescue ship. Right. And it's not my contract to do this kind of duty. And what about the money? If you want to give me some money to do, I'd be happy to. Uh, Let's go over the bonus situation. We never can we, can can we just talk about the bonus situation. Sorry, can I say something? Let's talk about the bonus situation. There is a clause in the contract which specifically states any systematized transmission indicating a possible intelligent origin must be investigated. I want to hear it. We don't know that it's intelligent. I want to go home and party. Parker, will you just listen to the man? A penalty of total forfeiture of shares. You got that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going in. Yeah. We're going in. Yeah, he calls everyone up to the bridge. Uh, well, actually, not the bridge, the canteen. Mm. Um, and we get, yeah, we get the lovely uh, Parker brushing ashes uh, residue away. <laughs> he happened to be in my he's seat. He's so surly and he's great. Yeah, um, yeah and da- Dallas explains what's going on. Because at the moment, Dallas is in charge. He is the yeah. captain, isn't he? He might yeah. be a reluctant captain, but, you know... Yeah, yeah, he, he, he's, he's, he's in charge. People are listening to him as far as they do. They're going by what he says. But this is the start of the sort of... Because he, he sort of says what's happening. And then Parker and Brett both are like, well, so what? What's it to us? Yeah. Um, and this is where he, I think he starts to lose it because he he basically he loses his rag, doesn't he? He shouts at him, just listen to the man. Yeah. And it's like you've you've lost at that point. He's You're really staring at, at Parker crew. when yeah. he shouts at him. He says, "Will you listen to the man?" And he's really glaring yeah. at Parker. Yeah, he's he's fed up with this. And again, I imagine he gets this a lot. I imagine everything he ever tells Parker to do, he gets some lip back. Hmm. So yeah. yeah, I can see why he gets annoyed. But yeah, he at, at this point you start as a viewer you start to think this isn't a captain in a traditional sense, is it? No one's mm. going to talk back to Kirk. No, no. Mm. Where he is a captain though, and I think he's mo- his most you know captain like is when they detach from the refinery and do their descent. But, yeah, he, because it's telling a, them what to do yeah. and everything. And but I think it's because it's roles. A, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's something to follow. There's a step by step thing to follow here, isn't it? He's not he's not deciding any of this. It's like I've done this before. We've done that's this what endless. I'm saying. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He's done this a million times. Therefore, he's comfortable with this. Yes, and yeah. He's just overseeing it. Um, you know, he says a few things, but you yeah. know, everybody's got their own tasks and they're I, doing it, aren't they? I imagine if he wasn't there to say it, they would just do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, really like old Tom in the scene where he's with Kane and Ash and they're check- checking out the planetoid. Oh, yeah, and, great. Yeah, he is reluctant to do anything. So when, um, you know, Ash says just under 2,000 metres and my Kane goes f- yeah. walking distance, Tom just laughs, doesn't yeah, he? Like, my <laughs> fav- yeah, my favourite <laughs> bit of acting, I think, in this film is that scene, is where he, he does that... <laughs> it's brilliant. It's so realistic. Yeah, and you know it, it, that's. I love that bit. I think that's my one. I mean, it's such a small thing, but it just shows what a great actor 
Tom Skerritt was. It's so naturalistic, it's brilliant. Yes, yes. But again, yeah. it does show that he he knows that uh, Kane is going to volunteer and want to do this, isn't it? Yeah. He, he says, yeah, that figures. Yeah. yeah. When he says, I've volunteered here. And of course, he ropes in Lambert, doesn't he? Yes. You too, Lambert, yeah. he goes. It's like, I'm going to suffer. You're going to suffer as well, Lambert. You're, yeah. you're in my eye line. <laughs> you're going to suffer. This is, of course, where he is, Captain Kirk, because he goes along. I mean, yeah. a, a captain should stay with his ship, should there's, he not? Yeah, there's no way in real life that you would do this. You, he, he would have... At, at worst, he would have sent Ripley, yes. his warrant officer, to go. But realistically, it should have been left to Kane as a, you know, as executive officer to mm. go off. Yeah, Dallas shouldn't... But I think... I think Dallas is probably bored, and he just wants to go for a walk, really, isn't it? It's uh, but yeah, he shouldn't have left. No, he shouldn't have he left should have the said ship. Ash. Yeah. I mean, it's a science yeah. thing as well, yep. isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah. I, it's always weird that Ash stays. It's like you're going off to investigate what may be an alien life. Should we take our science officer? Yeah. Well, it's like not taking Spock. Yeah. When yeah. you teleport you down to a planet, yeah, you just wouldn't do it. Yeah, he's got that quite lost in the mix line. Better break out the weapons. Yes, he yeah. says, and of course we we Which never fit, properly it, see. No, them. it fits much better in the um, in the extended cut because they use different shots where you see like Kane pulls his uh, sidearm and that. Mm. Um, but in the theatrical cut, it's always it always puzzled me as a kid that it's like. Let's break out the weapons. And you think, well, why are you not using the weapons later? Yes. Yeah. It's, in the book, they explain why. But, yeah, I, I, it's a strange line, that. Um, I, I don't quite know why it's still in there. Hmm. Yeah. So, they get suited up in those fantastic uh, John Molo outfits. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Do you reckon that's um, the most iconic spacesuit ever? Well, I, I really like we should one do, from... We should two. do a little thing of favourite spacesuits. Well, off the top of my head, yeah. 2001 brilliant. Yeah, is, a, is a brilliant one. Space 1999. Yeah. Low budget, but classic. Yeah. yeah. Not that Blake 7 one we were just talking about no. that Blake wears. Yeah, that's on the other end. Can you imagine if they looked like that in Alien? Oh, God, oh, yeah. Dear. Imagine if the planetoid had been that. CSO background. Yeah, we'll put photos up on Facebook, listener, yes. so you know what we're talking about. Yeah, compare about. and contrast. Bit... Yeah, compare yeah. and contrast. Yeah, that shot where you know they're on the lift on the leg yeah. and and coming down. Of course, that was uh, <laughs> they weren't adults, were they? They no, were um, it, it was, Ridley um, Scott's two sons yeah. and the cameraman's son um, yeah. in in miniature suits. I don't know who still owns the miniature suits, but uh, um, I've seen them. I don't. I don't know whether they were in. Um... Uh, what's his face is basement but I've seen one of the miniature suits one of them certainly still exists right because um, I think I th I'm pretty certain Adam Savage was looking at one as well but yeah so so one of them certainly exists imagine mm. having one of them as a kid oh. yes indeed yeah. oh, I've indeed. been wearing that in my uh, shed <laughs> you would absolutely you would um, so yeah the derelict then they, yes. Off they go to the derelict. Um, I thought at the end of uh, this episode we should vote out of ten on 
the derelict because oh, the, right. okay, the yeah. only vehicle we've done on this show so far has been the dropship from Aliens. So, That's true, actually. Yes. So yeah, and, and as we trundle through this, uh, if you can ever think about that, um, I will do. All right. Yeah, the, um, and, uh, yeah. They they when they first see you know when Dallas, I think it's Dallas says, "My God." Um, this is this is the point. I think Dallas realizes he's out of his depth. Mm. Isn't it? He's never quite. He's always on the back foot from this point on. Mm. Uh, and I think this is this is sort of for me the point where he realizes this. I shouldn't have to be doing this. This is a job for professionals. No, I mean, I mean, he he's he's chattering to Ash, although it's breaking yeah. up quite a bit. Um, but, but he almost no. sounds annoyed, doesn't he? He goes, Ash, can you see this? And it's, yeah, he, I think he's realising that this isn't this isn't just a standard. I wonder what he was expecting. No, Perhaps he... Do you think he was, he was expecting, like in um, Star Trek The Cage, he was expecting uh, Vina? <laughs> Maybe that's why he went out. Yeah. 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 Kirk, yeah Pike got hot. What will I yeah. get? Oh, bollocks. It's an alien. <laughs> It's interesting what you say there in that, you know, he does uh, step back. Kane makes yep. the decisions. Yep. Oh, it's a bit different here if we can just get up there. He doesn't step in and go, no, no, I He's don't He's not leading the way anymore, is he? No, no. He's and... like reluctant. He doesn't really want to go in. You know, it's like he, he goes up, he, he, he gets the, one of my, even Prometheus couldn't ruin this for me. My hairs on the back of the next scene is where he's uh, up with the space jockey and it's just lit from one place and he's you know it looks like his stomach's red. oh my god that's a good scene No, oh, amazing when you consider that number one the um, uh, the studio wouldn't give up enough money to make yeah. the whole yeah. set so of course the space jockey is actually on like a turntable yes. so they had one back wall didn't they and they just basically turned it around which is a genius it's, way it's of getting, very, getting very around clever, it yeah. yeah and so you can film it from all angles with a background um, and number two the studio when they had filmed it wanted to cut it out yeah the whole space I, jockey I'm presuming scene. they probably thought this is far too alien for our film called Alien but it's super, yeah. and like I say, I I, I really like. Would I go to love? No, I really really like Prometheus. It ruins a lot of things, but I, I can separate it. They're two, to me, they're two different universes. So this is still wonderful. I I would, if I'd have seen this at the cinema as my little eleven-year-old, uh, I'd be crapping myself. Yeah, <laughs> at this yeah. point. It is a classic, and yeah. of course, um, this can go on our list today as well. You need to think about your vote out of ten for the space jockey, oh, right, the okay. alien version, all right, of yes. the space jockey. But not, yeah, not the big blue men. No, no, and that's a spacesuit. Dallas says it looks like the pilot's grown out of the chair, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, it's great. Um, it's yeah, really good. the line I don't like and have never liked is, you know, it's too much winking at the camera the bones are bent outwards like he exploded from inside yeah. how does he know that's not the uh, just an, a normal alien orifice mm. yeah. he might be touching up that alien's potty bot mightn't he his potty bot yeah he just happens to have his potty yeah. bot on his chest what he's I like he's got a prolapsed rectum yeah. 
you say about you know the the lighting in this scene my yeah. one of my favorite moments in alien is when kane says oh there's something different down here look at this yeah. look at this dallas is right up by the space jockey's head and therefore the space jockey is just being lit by his helmet yeah. light and dallas moves away and therefore the lighting moves away and you just have the, all this dark shadow just yep. around the eye socket grows. You're waiting, you're waiting, because you're so used to cliches, you're waiting for something to happen. For that to move or you're something like that, for that, but it doesn't. Scare. It just goes it into darkness and that is a creepy moment oh, when brilliant. that happens. Yeah. yeah, That's scarier than um, anything in any of the sequels, really. Yep. So, yep, Kane has taken charge. He's found the yes. hole. He's decided, I'm going to go down there. Dallas yep. doesn't step in and say, I don't think so, or anything like that. Goes ahead along with it. And we have the Kane, you know, uh, meeting of the facehugger. Refer you back yep. to our very first episode to talk about that. So the next time we see Dallas is that back at the Nostromo with Kane's body. Yep. Which I find quite odd, this, that that back... And when you see the reaction from Ripley and Ash, they don't know they're back until they see them outside the ship. But shortly, Dallas is going going to say, Ripley, are you there? So yeah. Dallas's radio works, but at no point in this two-kilometer walk back... Yeah, did they think of going, we're on our way back? Get the med team ready. Because the, the, the only time Kane couldn't hear them was because they were going into the derelict, so presumably mm. it's either made of something there. Stops radio it's, signals or it's radioactive. Some yeah, something. I mean, but as soon as they come out, the, yeah, they they should have been straight on the the blower to them, shouldn't they? You know. Yeah. Kane's been injured, run away. Yeah, they wait until they're literally knocking on the door. Yes. To say, uh, you know, we're coming in, and this this is um. This is the, another instance of. Dallas's poor decision making because Ripley's completely correct here. Well, they shouldn't allow allow Kane on. And do you think it's because Dallas is really he's losing it at this point, isn't he? He's shouting at Ripley. He's angry. Do you think it's um, guilt? Because he, what's he should Kane. have stopped Kane. Yeah. Yes, could be that. I think so. Yeah, could be that. I I, I think you're right in that he doesn't know Ripley very well because if he no. knew Ripley very well he wouldn't have said over the radio while they're being decontaminated uh, he wouldn't have made, made the mistake of telling Ripley that something's attached yeah. to Kane he shouldn't have said that you know because all he, all he should have said if he knew Ripley and he knew that she was this by the book person yeah. he would have said oh um, Kane's injured himself we've got to get him in yes. she would have opened the doors yeah, yeah. But no, he gets angry, he shouts yeah. at her, you know, orders her to open the hatch, and she would never have opened that hatch. No. Um, I don't know what how the, that would have played out then. If Ash hadn't overridden it, what were they going to do? Well, I'm, I'm presuming the suits have 24 hours of oxygen, because she's sort of basically, yeah, you're, you're going to have to quarantine for 24 hours or whatever. So, uh, it might, presumably, they just sit in the airlock. You know, like when people decompress coming up mm. from, like in the abyss and that. I think she would have just made them sit in the airlock. And if they had it done, of course, the chest burster would have exploded out there and then. Do you think it would have exploded they... through the suit? Or well, do you think it, the suit's well, I think tough so, enough to contain it. No, because look at look at the chest bones on the uh, space oh, jockey. Yes. They're like 
three or four inches thick. And it I think it, that that little alien is coming out no matter what. Mm. And it would have been a different film, wouldn't it? Yes, yes. Well, the film we do get is, yeah. um, you know, we next Sneaky see Dallas Ash, with yeah, Ash, yeah, in the medical facility, and yeah. they take Kane's helmet off, and he looks aghast, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> when we see the face hugger for the first time. Yeah, and to be yeah, fair, it, I, I'd be aghast. I wouldn't be in that room. No. <laughs> uh, I'll leave this to you, Ash. Uh, I've got yeah, some paperwork. <laughs> see you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says immediately, how are we going to get it off of him? Yeah. What's it got down his throat? I would suggest it's feeding him oxygen. Paralyzes him, puts him in a coma. And keeps him alive. Now, what the hell is that? Well, we gotta get it off him. Just a minute. Just a minute. I mean, let's not be too hasty. We don't know anything about it. Now, we're assuming it's feeding him oxygen. If we remove it, could kill him. I won't even take that chance. Just cut it off and then. You take responsibility? Yes, yes, I'll just take the responsibility now. Get him out of here. Where do you want to do this? Make a decision just to let the knuckle there. Right here. Stand by him. Eat through the hole. That thing's gonna eat through the goddamn hole. Come on! Because again, I think he's—he's he's not thinking straight at this point, is he? He's like—he's—he's knee-jerking into stuff. Like, get it off him, get it. And I think, yeah, he's—he's he's feeling guilty because he let Kane do this. He should have—he should have manned up and said to Kane, "No, no." Yeah. You know. Yeah. There's there's no one to save here. Mm. This is a dead ship. We're leaving. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll let the the Wayland Jatani boffins come back and do what they're doing. Yeah. But he's in shock now, I think, because you know, um, you know, Ash says, "Oh, I'm going to try moving one of the digits." Yeah. He's like, "You're going to do what?" Yeah, what? <laughs> he's angry again, isn't he? He's snapping at everyone. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and he says, "Right, we've got to get it off of him. We've got to get yeah. get it off of Kane." Um, and uh, Ash is saying, "No, no, no." Um, and he and, and he doesn't listen. He, he's willing to take the chance. And yeah. Ash says, yeah, "You know, you're going to take full responsibility." Yep, I'm going to take it. Yeah, yeah. He he, he doesn't put any thought into it. It's like get it off him. And uh, yeah, Ash is like, "Well, it might kill him." I'm willing to take that chance. Well, that's big of you, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's it's so funny now. You know, now we know you know what the alien is capable yeah. of, what the acid can do. That when they are going to attempt to cut the finger they've just got this laughable bit of cotton gauze yeah cotton gauze yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, again it would be great to have a mind blank and watch this without any preconceived knowledge of acid for blood what a face hugger is what it's doing to him yeah it, it would be really good because yeah it does it does change your viewing when you know exactly what's going to happen what, what this is doing um, but again we see so yeah they they try and cut one of the digits off with a, a laser cutter that um, laser cutter can i just say in that photo novel you've got a lovely shot of it um yeah. 
even then, as a spotty 17-year-old, I had spotted that at the top you've got a Tamiya tank wheel stuck on the side, and the bit below it is some... Um, it's off of another Tamiya military vehicle. It's like a, um, a storage box on the even side of a Jeep then. or something. Even back then as a 17-year-old, yeah. it's like that kit parts. You, you know? never um, thought about making one? No, because you need to see all of it, and all you've got yeah. is that little bit, and you've got the bit of, you know, yeah. like gathering acrylic at the front, haven't you? And that's about yeah. it, all you see of it. I always like the fact that the cut starts before the. the before the light hits comes yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. It's slightly mistimed, isn't it? Yeah. And, of course, we've got the, you know, the, the old trick you have polystyrene yep. tile with some yeah. acetone. Eats straight through it, doesn't it? Yep. As we yeah. know from from uh, accidents we've had, and again, Dallas um, shows very little uh, responsibility here. He immediately legs it, yes, leaves it all, uh, and chases under it. Um, where it's like you're not worried about Kane or anything like that. He, I've always he, yeah, thought he, that 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 drop of acid, yeah, it. Kane was very lucky that none of it dribbled on his hair very or lucky, got the yeah. back of his head like yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, we have the, the 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 running down the corridors and down the ladders. Um, yeah. In the process, he takes his surgical gown off, um, and we have the moment with Brett's pen. It, do you think it's lucky because we we get a, a rear shot of Ash, and Ash is quite obviously naked under that uh, surgical gown. He's got no. He's just barebacked under it. Oh, I think we're quite happy that Dallas wasn't doing the same. Mm, yes, yeah. yeah, especially when he takes his gown off. Yes, yeah. I imagine um, he's quite a hairy fellow, isn't he? Well, his arms certainly are, and he's—you yeah. know—that's quite a beard he's got. So yes, I think the two jo- do join up follically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what is molecular acid? Uh, I don't know. Because I, I'm presuming acid that. Breaks down on a molecular level. Surely all um, acid is molecular because it's all. Well, it's all got molecules in it. Yeah. Molecules. Yeah. Well, they they should have called it space acid. Watch out! That's space acid. Because it doesn't make any sense. If if you type in molecular acid, yeah. it just says an acid is a molecule or iron capable of either donating a proton. Da 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 da. And then it goes on. So it is a it is a molecule. Yeah, do you think he was just trying to sound uh, clever? He's saying it's an acid acid. Yeah, yeah. it's an acid acid, that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's always a laugh, isn't it, with the... Um, ah, the pen. Brett, you've got yeah. a pen, giving it back to Brett. We've already discussed yeah. this on the Brett episode. Um, and, yeah, this, this this whole, you know, Dallas just wants a quiet life. He, he doesn't want any hassle. He's yeah. the one who chooses to spend, spend his downtime listening to Mozart yeah, in the Narcissus. Yeah, himself, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he's, he's, he could have gone and, you know, spent time with anyone else, but he hasn't. He's all by himself no. listening to Mozart. Yeah, I, I think he's just trying to forget the mess <laughs> that he's in. Or try and figure point. out how he's going to yeah. get out of all this mess. Do you think he was secretly prepping the ship to escape? All right, I'll just uh, I'll just put the ship's cheese and biscuits in here, just yeah. in case. Yeah. So he's called. He's got to go down to the uh, uh, the medical bay, and uh, yeah, where is it? They don't know. I, 
Dallas does go in first. That's a bit Captain Kirk-like, yeah. you know, to go in first. And as I say, Ripley says, Dallas, be please be careful. Um, I love this. I don't like the cheap scare we're just about to get. But, but oh, what, where he knocks over the over the that thing. box. I, I do. I do like. I prefer this one to the one we get the exact same thing in Aliens, mm. because I love Dallas's. Sorry. Afterwards. Yeah. yeah. It's great. What I especially love about it is it's not silent. I mean, you've got a lot of ambient. You know, you've got yeah. the breathing thing and the humming and everything like that. But now you would have tense music building, wouldn't yeah. you? You, you really would, yeah, would. and it would. There would be Jones the cat would jump out in mm. this scene now if they if they remade it. Yeah, I love the fact that yeah, there's it's just it's reliant on the audience building their own suspense, mm. uh, and it's brilliant. It's a great scene. I mean, it's a this whole sequence is a um, is a nightmare of continuity mm. between props and things like that, but it's it's great. I love yeah. it. It's, it's I, really good. Yeah, I love their little light thingies that they've got, which yeah. now, you know, with, you know, super light, super small LEDs, you could have very easily. But I guess back then they were quite, you know... Yeah, quite, quite futuristic. Quite, quite, yeah. quite futuristic, yes, yeah. Um, when we have the face What do you think they're actually for in a day-to-day world? I don't know, inspecting well, cause, inside cause, things. Well, Ash seems to have quite a few of them. Yeah, what's well, he peering I wonder what into? For. Yeah, what's he poking a lot? <laughs> Probably best not to go into. No, when the face hugger drops down onto Ripley yes. and she scrambles back, uh, Dallas covers her her body with his, doesn't he? Yes, he, he, he completely yeah. goes across. One of, one of the few uh, sort of captainly things he does. You can imagine Kirk doing that in front, throwing himself against a yeoman, mm. having yeah. a quick feel. You know. <laughs> So, perks. how did the facehugger get up there? And why did it go up there? Well, every other every other facehugger. I mean, no, it, that's post continuity. But every other facehugger we see, it just dies and falls off. That one went. I'm going to go climbing. Maybe Kane coughed violently and or, it blew up there. Here's here's something dark. It did die and fall off, and Ash put it up there. Just to scare the shit out of uh, Ripley. <laughs> yeah, Ripley. <laughs> that is a bit dark. Yeah. yeah. When they're inspecting it, you know, oh, Ian yep. Holmes poking at the oysters and the clams like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and and Ripley says we got to get rid of it, and you it's know, who knows what that prop in it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that smell, you can yeah. tell. Um, yeah. oh. And and I, I love Ash's line. Um, safe to assume it's not a zombie. Yes, and then he turns, yeah. yeah, and he turns up, to it's Dallas. It's up there with, with you're not going to need no rocket to fly through space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. great. And uh, he turns to Dallas and he says, yeah. Dallas, it has to go back. And he replies, this, this is an odd line. Yeah. He says, well, I'd soon as not burn it at the stake, but you're the science officer. I'd soon um, as not burn it at the that, stake. Yeah, because I had the subtitles on. He says... I'd soon as not burn it at the stake. That's exactly what the subtitles say, I, and I don't I, understand the, what that means. That's the uh, that's the first time I've heard that line in that scene. I'm sure he doesn't actually say right. that. Well, hang on a sec, because on the other side of the I room, I thought he says, "I'd soon as not," but you're the science officer. No, no, he no. The actual line is, "Well, I'd soon as not burn it at the stake," but you're the science officer. 
that seems so wrong to me because doesn't... that doesn't even fit what he's his intention is because he's basically saying I'd, I'd rather get rid of this but you're the science officer yeah. but he actually says well I'd yeah. soon as not burn it at the stake but you're the science officer I tell you what about three paces away from me is my bookcase with my alien photo novel I'm just going to step across the room yes. and bring it back and we'll find that page hang on one second Here we go. I have my copy of my incredibly... <laughs> I've, I've put a photo up on Facebook before of, of, of the state of my photo novel. It's, it's just terrible. Right, let's have a look. Let's flick along, let's flick along. Let's flick along. Right, here we go. So, the photo novel says... Well, we've got to have a look at this, says Ash. And then, in bold... It says a few moments later they examined the carcass, and we've got lovely shots of all the, of the. Are you there, Ian? By the way. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Oh, yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm uh, of the oysters and the clams. It seems dead enough. Good. Let's get rid of it, says Ripley. And then Ash says, Ripley, for God's sake, this is the first time we've encountered a specimen like this. This has to go back. All kinds of tests need to be made. Ash, are you kidding? That thing bled acid. Who knows what it'll do when it's dead? So far, so good. Don't you think? Yeah. That's exactly yeah, what's happening. Yeah, makes sense. Well, he says, well, it's safe to assume it's not a zombie. Dallas, it has to go back. Dallas thinks for a moment. And, oh, well, I'd prefer it. I, well, I'd prefer it not, but you're the science officer. Yeah, that's, how, that's what I hear. Well, I prefer it not. But the subtitle says, well, I'd soon yeah. as not burn it at the stake. That's weird, That's isn't so it? weird, yeah. Because I didn't hear him say it because I was listening. I, I, I had the audio track yeah. of Ridley Scott. I'm going to have to uh, go and watch it again after this podcast. Yes. Because if he, if he does say that, that means every time I've watched it, I've never picked up that he said that. Well, we haven't told the listener this yet, but um, there's yeah. going to be... We're going to have a break in this recording yep. aren't we this is are you going to play one it? play, no, the, no. play this bit of dialogue i could i could get that yeah. ready for part two all right yeah but anyway yeah that 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 bears further investigation yeah definitely i mean mm. I, I to be fair i when we do this podcast i've learned so much that i take for granted you know, it's it's like you know when you know uh, the the lyrics of a song and you have yeah, misheard lyrics, and then someone will go, "What? What? It's, that's not what it is," and you feel like a complete twat, yeah, because you've yeah. happily sung it like this. So it may be that he says that, but that is ah, that that's blown my mind if he does. Well, to be continued later on in this show. Yes. All right? Okay, so we have the little spat between him and Ripley next down that corridor. Yes. How can I change my mind? All right, the I'm, not gonna, I'm not trying to change your mind, Dallas. I just want you to listen. Will you listen to me? Just tell me how you can leave that kind of decision to him. Look, I just run the ship. Anything that has to do with the science division, Ash has the final word. How does that happen? It happens, my dear, because that's what the company wants to happen. Since when is that standard procedure? Standard procedure is to do what the hell they tell you to do. Did you ever ship out with Ash before? I went out five times with another science officer. 
They replaced him two days before we left Thetis with Ash. Hmm? I don't trust him. I don't trust anybody. What's happening with the repairs? How's it going? Oh, they're pretty much finished now. Why haven't you tell me so? Well, because there's still some things left to do. Like what? Well, we're blind on B and C decks. The, the reserve power system's Oh, blind. no, that's a bunch of horseshit. We can take off without that. Well, yeah, we can. You think that's a good idea? Look, I just want to get the hell out of here, all right? Yeah, and this is, this is the scene that everyone cites as to why people think they're in a relationship. It doesn't well, seem like arguing. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what sort of relationships are people having? Perhaps I'm just lucky. Do you ever, do you ever uh, have an argument with your missus and then trap her in the kitchen <laughs> when she's trying to get to the bedroom? Oh, dear. I got a feeling she'd probably kick you in the nudges. <laughs> she would. She most definitely yeah. would. Um, yeah, and here it is. Here is the real Dallas. He just he, he just run, yep. runs the ship. Yeah. I just run the ship. Anything to do with science is Ash's responsibility. Yeah, this this is this is Dallas's true self coming out. Yeah. And normally in the, in the normal run of things, i.e. they're running cargo, they're basically, you know, dockers, that sort of thing. This is this is brilliant attitude to have. This is the attitude you want. Yeah. You know, I just look after the ship. Everyone else is in charge of their own little bit. Yeah. And that works fine, but in an emergency situation, ooh, that doesn't work. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's fed up now. <laughs> yeah, he, he he. When Ripley says, "Well, how is that possible?" when he says, "Because that's what the company wants. You do what, what whatever yeah. the hell they uh, tell you to do." And that's true. I mean, any anyone that's worked for a large company, that that's exactly what it is. You do whatever the last person told you to do because these things are fluid it's not the military you know it I, I understand his attitude there yep yep and he also says he's never shipped out with Ash before he's been yep. out five times with another science officer and I've always assumed not all that tosh at the beginning about him being a fighter pilot and stuff like that no. five times is his career as a captain of a towing tug this is his life. He's been out five times. Yeah, five times, and that's and we it. Know, yeah, we know these are not short trips. You know, um, yeah, I, that's that's what I think. Yep. But yeah, he, he he's he's quite happy. He's had this crew, and then the company has replaced all, all his dependable people. Because I wonder who who his previous science officer was. I reckon he was bumped off. Yeah, do you reckon? Yeah, or they or they poisoned him or something. He you know, fell made down him the sick. lift shaft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, two days before they left Thedas, um, and he doesn't trust anybody, and he just wants to take off, doesn't he? He just wants to go yeah. home. Yeah. Um, next time we see him, he does seem genuinely happy. You know, when they're out back up into space and they've redocked with the refinery yeah. and they're on their way home it, that, 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 that's some genuine smiles we're getting from old uh, Dallas yeah he, he he thinks it's all over he thinks they go back to normal back to his his happy little rut yes yeah. that he, he exists in yeah I think this is this is happy happy Dallas it's nice to see him happy for Jack. doesn't last long though does it no not really no because they go to see uh, Kane. He asks Kane, does he remember anything about the planet? And yep. then says, um, you know, one more meal before bedtime. And he's buying. 
he's buying them all them all their food yeah uh, which has got to be like I say I think we said it before e- either either they charge the crew for what they eat which would be a sort of you know you can you can imagine a company doing that um, or it's purely he's, he's he's making no sort of gesture there is he no. Yeah. I'll buy it. Well, it's free, Dallas. Yeah, technically. <laughs> so, mealtime it is then. You know, yep. the last supper and everything. He's laughing with Kane. You see him there. He's laughing with Kane. Yeah. He's chugging on his beer. Um, and then Kane starts to feel unwell. And he asks Kane, you know, what's the matter? And then he goes into his convulsions and his spasms and that. And he's yep. he's the main man, isn't he? He's he's yeah. he, he's holding Kane down. Um. And uh, yeah, when it when happens, and it, yeah. yeah, yeah, and the chest burster comes out, he it's looks still a shocking scene, isn't it? It's every it's time brilliant. you watch it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just a, a masterpiece. Uh, it is. It's a, it's a masterclass in a tension building scene. Yep. That then yep. erupts at the end, literally. And he looks appalled. And I think you know <laughs> yeah. that the, the audience of seventy nine that hadn't read the photo novel, they would have had looks on their faces, much like Dallas's, you know. When the chest burster comes out, well, um, I, 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 because in the normal run of the mill things, people generally don't die like this, or even in an accident. I, did, I always find it weird you, when you read reviews of things. It's like, why do people go to pieces when someone dies? It's like because in the, in normal life, people don't die unexpectedly like this. Mm. And it is enough to to absolutely rock your world to the core. He's um, just appalled. Yeah. <laughs> he is, yeah. It's a, a continuity error there is, you know, he's standing there looking appalled when it comes out and it looks around. Um, but when it's trundled across the table like that, yeah. you can see him. And before it trundled away, he had no blood on his face. But when we see him again, he's got a blob of blood on each cheek. Now, unless unless the chestburster's tail flipped some blood at him, that's yeah. a continuity error. Well, we know this, this one scene is made up from several takes mm. of this happening. So I imagine in one of them, he ended up with some blood on his face. But it could be that the, you know, that tail does whip about a bit. Mm. Yep. So Kane's funeral, he's the one who ejects him, yep. sends him off into space, asks anybody if they want to say a few words. And of but it's almost like you're the captain. You should be saying something. Good point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, does anybody want to do it? He, can, you, he, can you imagine World War Two? You know, they're burying people that are you know, on the battleship at sea. Um, and the captain goes, oh, OK. Anyone want to say anything? Nah, dump them. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah <laughs> it, it's a bit of a lapse. Yeah. He should have at least said something. Yeah. Um, he almost comes back to captain likeness um, when he decides on the two teams, you know, after getting the demonstration yep. of the uh, the cattle prod and the. Uh, uh, yeah, he the gives a bit sensor. of direction, doesn't he? He sort of says to Parker, don't Another want any heroics from you. Yeah, yeah, two teams. Um, he chooses yeah. the teams. Of course, you know, in the next sequence, we never ever see his team working. We never see no. Dallas and Lambert and Ash. That's true, around. yeah, you're right. We never, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, and after the Brett death, he's got a map of the air ducts. I love the way that in the far future like this, you still rely on paper maps to uh, to check where things are. And he's looking at the map of the air yeah. ducts, and they're going to guide it to the main airlock. 
Um, yes, this seems like a be- very bad plan to me. Yes, e- with even without thrower. the knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because it's so, like I'm presuming in these air ducts, I probably because generally, you know, you would run wiring through air ducts like this. Yes, They're pointless as as it. And he's like, yeah, we just take a flamethrower in. Seems a bit reckless. Very reckless. I mean, the actual filming of this scene. I mean that that that. Um, that uh, the air duct uh, duct was about thirty feet long, and there was yeah. like a T junction, an up and down. Uh, yeah, and it, it, there was there was no way to get out of it other than at the end. Yeah, and full credit to Tom yeah. Skerritt. Oh, he's 100%. in that. He's got a a, a proper working flamethrower. Yep. slung on his shoulder, dangling right underneath his very hairy chin. You know, yeah. and that uh, beard would have gone up. Yeah. Yeah, Ridley Scott says on the that. audio. Yeah, I almost did that today. I was um, I was casting some white metal figures for the con, and uh, using a little camping stove because we haven't got a gas hob. We've got an induction hob. Not not great for melting lead on. Um, so I got a little <laughs> camping stove, and I sort of leant over, and I, I had to pull back quickly because it's like, oh god, yeah, I've got long hair now. <laughs> Let me tie that back. Yeah, so that his hair, his beard and hair would have gone. Whoop. Yeah. Uh, I got a little bit ahead of myself there um, because before he goes in Ripley says she'll go into the air ducts but he says no I'm going to how would the film have played out if Ripley had died do you think Um, I think instead of Dallas I think the film would have ended with Ash alone on the ship with the alien (laughs) with the alien going back to Earth yes Um, that's interesting actually because there's no way he would have let I mean, he realistically, and there is a lovely scene in the book about this. Realistically, he should have insisted that it wasn't him because he's the captain. But I, again, his guilt at Kane mm. means he was going to go no matter what, and it's yes. pretty much a death sentence. It just seems—I mean, I, it seems such a terrible plan, given given what we see of these ducks trying to. To drive the alien and trap it. Mm. Yeah, no. Yeah. I tell you, I'm I with feel, Lambert here. I'm yeah. with Lambert. I feel so sorry yeah. for him. Uh, that moment when he goes back to Mother and asks yeah. what his chances are, and and all Mother can say is she's unable to compute, and it does yeah. not compute because he knows. I think that he's doomed. Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think so. I think he realizes that chances are he's going to be killed by this alien in this stupid plan but if he could just yeah. get the alien to the air, main airlock maybe he'll be able to help the others maybe yeah how's about that box Dallas you're going to have to hold your position for a minute I... I've lost the signal you sure? Look, look around. Are you sure that it's not there? I mean, it's got to be around there somewhere. Check that out, Lambert. You may be getting interference. Dallas, are you sure there is no sign of it? I mean, it is there. It's got to be around there. Dallas? Uh, 
Am I, am I clear, Lambert? I want to get the hell out of here. Oh, God, it's moving right towards you. Uh. Move, get out of there. this very cramped space um, and uh, stumbling through that very unheroic this isn't Captain Kirk Captain no. Kirk wouldn't be doing this up a Jeffrey's tube would he no no mm. he, and Captain Kirk would, would look a lot less sweaty I think mm. um, I love the iris hatch things that great. and that on. noise and that them. noise Oh, that yeah, is amazing. Awesome. Yeah, so yeah, fingers yeah. on a blackboard. Yeah, again though, absolutely useless as an air duct vent thing, and it because it doesn't close. It doesn't close properly, and that it's yeah. absolutely filthy. Would you want to be yeah. breathing air through you know surfaces oh, that no. it's blowing over like that? What do you think that was? Do you think what? that was some? Do you think that was made for this, or it was they found like an industrial? What the iris thing? The iris, yeah. I think they made it. I think I think they've they just it? looked at the iris on a on a camera lens, yeah. and if you ever you take a camera lens it apart, you can't help but think of that scene. Can Absolutely not, especially yeah. if you've got a little hole still open in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, if your little hole still open, you think of Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> so all those yeah little holes are closing yes. up uh, behind yeah. him, and he's told to stay still because the blip appears, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but then he continues on. He fires the flamethrower down one do you, level. Yeah, do you... Because um, in, in the book, there's a scene when he when he goes to rest, and there's a scene where the alien's hand comes up behind him. But it, in a Scooby-Doo fashion, he gets away, and it... Uh, do you wish they'd have had that in or not? I'm Absolutely happy they did. Yeah. No, this is a classic. This is a classic. I used yeah. to stand at the side of the auditorium yeah, in this, because... And, and I, I, I didn't so much watch the screen, I was watching the audience. I was waiting yeah. for the moment just yeah. to watch them all go backwards. You know? Yeah, there's, there's, a, there, there's a lot of continuity errors in this sequence. Because again, Ridley Scott will pick shots to make a sequence. He doesn't care whether it's the right shot. There, the lot, you know, there, there's a shot from underneath where it's the wrong. Mm. It, you know, it's, it's the wrong. Um, place that they are and stuff like that um, but it just works so well doesn't it it's such a yeah, even now I can sort of I can feel the tension not mm. even watching it just thinking about it again superbly done and the music is, it is key in this as well especially when he finds the goo on the floor yeah you know and he he's rubbing it between his fingers and uh, fires again he, he's starting to lose it then because he, he, he says, uh, Lambert, am I clear? I want to get out, you know. And But the blip starts moving and um, and he doesn't know which way to go, does he? Um, no, no. He's like, uh, just tell me, tell me what to do. Tell me where to go. But unfortunately, he's got Lambert in charge. Yeah, yeah. Who's losing Bad it as move, well? Yeah. 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 So he goes down the ladder one more time. Yeah. Um, and as we said in the Lambert thing, what does she mean by no the other way? She doesn't know yeah. which way he's looking. But I it's brilliant, that, yeah. because he looks towards the camera, she says the other way, 
he turns the the light round, and there it is. Yeah, the the classic. I want a hug, Mammy. Yeah, yeah. don't and matter. It's, it's, a, it's it is the a first. Classic. Yeah, although it's momentary, it's the first clear shot we get of the alien, mm. um, and it's great. And then you get that high pitched, and then oh, and then slam as his flamethrower is uh, thrown down on the table by Parker. Yeah, um, and Parker says. You know, uh, they they just found it lying there. No blood, no Dallas, nothing. Nothing. So Parker went into the air ducts. Yeah, and I'm I'm sorry, that's a much more heroic thing to do. Yeah, than Dallas going there in the first place because he knows something happens to Dallas. Yeah, I'd love to see that sequence of because I imagine Parker was bitching the whole time. And, you know, if you're watching the theatrical cut, that's the end of it. Dallas mm. is gone. But, unfortunately, <laughs> in, well, this, in, yeah. in a deleted scene, he, he lived on, didn't he? This was, um, this was a sequence that was spoken of by fans in hushed tones, wasn't it? Oh, the absolutely. Sequence. Everyone thought it was, this was going to be... Amazing! It was like, oh my god, the cocoon sequence. If only it was back in, it would have been a classic. And then um, on the uh, Alien Laserdisc set, the wonderful, wonderful box set that I wish I still had, it had this sequence. And I remember the first time, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm going to get to see the cocoon sequence, going to see it. And it's awful. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. Rubbish. It's you can't, ev- yeah. Go on. I was going to say, everything about it is wrong. Hmm. It's terrible makeup. I mean, in a film that is just... I've said it before, i say it again. A masterpiece of a film in in design and execution. The, the, the Cocoon Dallas is shockingly bad. It's rubbish, yeah. It it feels like this, this wasn't a finished sequence. Perhaps this was like a first go-through. Mm. And then they were perhaps going to refilm it. Or perhaps Ridley Scott knew when they were filming it that they were definitely not going to use this. Because I know it was in, supposedly in the film for some test screenings. And it, it, it stopped it dead. And it does, even... I really like the the extended cut. And I went, you know, lovely to see it at the cinema again. Um, but it doesn't work as a sequence. It stops the film dead when Ripley's meant to be time is of the essence, fighting for a life. Oh, I'll just go down here. And also, I I will praise Tom Skerritt's performance to the hilt for this film. I know we've been criticising the character of Dallas and that, but Tom Skerritt is unbelievably good in this. Mm. But this sequence, he's rubbish in it. it, it yeah. You can't understand what he's saying. He's doing some weird uh, uh. I've got tummy <laughs> ache. Um, and then it cuts to, it says uh, that's Brett, and it, that's a rubbish model as well because we can't. It's not clear enough to see what you it can't is. See a bloody thing. It just, no. Yeah, it just looks a mess. And then when he's going, kill me, and it's like, oh man, this is misjudged. Very much so. I can see why they cut it out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's not just a case of the film stops dead. You know, the tension's no. building. You must get to the narcissus, and you know everything grinds to a halt. It's just poor. It's poor, and all all tension's gone at that point, isn't it? Mm. You've been building up, building up, building up. Oh my god, da 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 da. Oh, oh. it's almost <laughs> laughable. Yeah, I'm I'm glad they cut it out. 
and it is a reason to watch the original theatrical cut. Yes, yes. Because that's not in it. You yeah. should watch it once. And watch then it that's once it. to see it, but you don't need it in there. No. You really don't need it in there. And it, I, I imagine a lot of fans were so disappointed by it. Does anyone, do you think anyone um, tries to defend it? No, no, no. It's better well, if you like it, it listener, yeah. let us know on yeah, the Facebook go for it, page. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't like it. I'd rather think that Dallas died at the hands of the alien. Yeah, that, that, that's a perfect way for it to yeah. go, you know? Yeah. Okie doke. Well, that's it. That's, that's end of part one. Uh, at least yes. for us, uh, you dear listener, hopefully this will be seamless, but uh, we're ending. <laughs> like anything we do is seamless. <laughs> it's ending now, and uh, Ian and I uh, are three days away from part two, because in three days' time, we're going to have the fourth of our uh, special co-hosts coming along. Yeah. Uh, it's to Tom help Skerritt, us. isn't it, coming in? Is it? <laughs> oh, oh you, you lied to me. I did lie to you. Yeah, um, all will be made clear in a minute, uh, which is three days away for us. But all being well, uh, we're going to be back in a minute. Yeah, Yeah. with a a a third co-host and maybe hopefully a little bit more information about what the bloody old Dallas just said to Ash. Yeah. All right. Well, I've been been looking online, and everyone seems to think that is what he says. So, do you know what? I'm I'm happy to go with it's a. uh, Misheard lyrics for me. Yeah. What an eye opener! All right. Well, I'm going to go it's and have a listen the film right now. For me. I'm never um, going to watch it again. We will ask our third co-host yeah. um, their opinion as well in a yes. minute, which is in three days away. In three for days. Us. Yeah. Oh, it's right. confusing, isn't it? All right. Well, yeah. We're right. off to hypersleep, aren't we, for three days? Let's go off to sleep and then wake up and yeah, and okay. continue. All right. We'll be in our nappies. You'll be okay. Up. Well, let's have a little segue bit right here. I think it's safe to assume it isn't a zombie. Dallas, it has to go back. Well, I'd assume it's not burning at stake, but you're the science officer, you're decision, Irish. Dallas. Right then, so um, to help us along for part two, we have the fourth of our co-hosts on this show, um, and we are joined now by Daryl Curtis. Hello, Daryl. Hello, hello. Right, Daryl, before we continue with Dallas, would you like to tell the listener just a little bit about yourself and why you're here and um, your background especially with Alien? Sure, sure. So I've been a science fiction fan for going on five decades. Um, The late 70s with its science fiction movies really caught my attention. I've been reading... um, before then, and was amazed at, at some of the special effects and the, the uh, characters. But when I saw Alien, um, it really, that's probably the dividing point between my Star Trek days and science fiction days, because before then, the only thing I'd had to get to look at was Star Trek with the Enterprise and their crew and the glossy future depicted therein. Um, when I started seeing uh, write-ups in Starlog about this movie called Alien, uh, I really got this this strange feeling of dread. Just the the, the photos, the um, the way it was depicted, the way uh, 
the, the alien planet. And so um, back in those days, the, the novelizations came out and uh, before movies, and I remember reading the Alan Dean Foster novelization and terrified. There was a lot of, of nebulous referral to the alien itself, but nonetheless, uh, it set up the creepy feeling. So when I saw the film, I was completely blown away. Loved it up until, I guess, the famous 45-minute mark when all hell breaks loose with the chest burster. Um, so, fast forward into the future, late 90s, uh, 1999, 1998, uh, the internet was young and so were we, and I uh, logged in and established an account with Yahoo GeoCities and created my tribute to the movie, which is, was, was and is called The Nostromo Files. By then, the 20th anniversary DVD was out, and there were some Easter eggs there, and I had also accumulated various magazines, the Book of Alien, basically all you had back in those days to go on, and thought, um, you know, it would be nice to establish a repository for a lot of this information and just put it out there for people discovering the movie and, like I did, slowly discovering how much thought and care had gone into its depiction. Uh, but anyway, I've lived in the U.S. South, uh, born and raised in Louisiana. Currently, I live uh, between three bodies of water, the Gulf of Mexico, the Mississippi River, and Lake Pontchartrain. So as you can imagine, it's quite tropical down here in the summer. So this is a nice uh, chance to be in the cool today as I talk to my new friends, Eric and Ian. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely yeah, no problem. Yeah. No problem. Can I, can I just say, Daryl, if, if you like Star Trek and you like Alien, you should watch this week's Strange New Worlds. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're the third person who said, hey, yeah. check yeah. it out. So I'm looking forward to that. It's, uh, yeah, if you, if you want to see Star Trek's take on Alien and Aliens, um, it's actually it's, it's pretty good, but I think it, it veers slightly past homage to uh, a rip-off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so we're talking Dallas today. I mean, um, you know... I can never, when we come around, you know, every, every four episodes and we have to vote on, on a character, the, the, all the characters in Alien, it's like trying to choose one of your children, isn't it, you know, but um, is Dallas up there, we're, we're going to ask for you for votes out of ten at the end, but is, is he one of your favourite characters, Dallas? Good stuff. Okay. I, I want to know which, which is Eric's favourite child. Well, I can't. You know, oh. that's what I'm saying. You know, and 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 you know, with, with the alien are they, cast, are they sat they, watching you. They're not here at the moment, thank goodness. Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, before we talk about you know behind the scenes on Dallas yep. and 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 you know the the, the history of Tom Skerritt and etc. 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 I was asking you, Daryl, in the three days. There has been since Ian and I did the first bit of this recording, and now your opinion on this thing that got us flummoxed and almost blew Ian's mind back on Thursday. In that, what is your take on what Dallas replies to Ash about the facehugger having to go back? Um, amazement, actually. I, in all of my years of enjoying the film, I have, and even watching it with some subtitles on, I, that, I totally glossed over that point. Um, 
So when you brought it up, I went back to watch it again without the subtitles. And of course, once you point it out, it's obvious that there's something being said. Um, wasn't very obvious. I think it's just the way it's delivered. And um, But at any rate, uh, once I realized what, and of course, also considering that subtitles, when you, when you watch all the subtitles on the show, you see that they're there's not a high reliability there anyway. But um, mm. I actually pulled the 20th anniversary edition uh, instead of looking at the current uh, streaming version just to see if maybe somebody had tweaked the uh, the audio and know it's there. So, um, yeah, but it's it's a strange line because it's there's no context for it. I, I wasn't aware that uh, Dallas might even, you know, it was just a really an odd an odd thing to say and and when i watch him um after he delivers the line um he's he's studiously avoiding looking at anybody maybe ripley and then just walks away so um yeah so thanks for showing me something new in all these years but it's amazing isn't it i i was the same as you darren it was like the berenstain bears conundrum again i I'd never realised. I still, I'm still not entirely sure he is saying what the subtitles say he says, because um, the original script doesn't seem to have that line in. So it could be a Tom Skerritt sort of um, ad lib. Perhaps that's why he doesn't look anyone in the face because he realised he had flubbed the line. But you... he's, just wait, he's waiting for Ridley Scott to yell "cut." But <laughs> oh, now he's going to leave it in. Um, but yeah, it doesn't make any sense. What he, it, if what he says is correct according to the subtitles in the internet? No, it just doesn't make any sense to me. No, I mean straight after the recording on Thursday night, I put the Blu-ray on and I almost had my nose to the TV screen and and, and I played it back again and again. And I think what is that because your TV set is so old it hasn't got a volume? <laughs> no, we've got a very small living room. Oh, right. um, yeah. Um, no, I think what's I think what the deal is and the reason you you, you know we've only ever heard him say well I'd soon as not but you're the science officer is I think what happens is Tom Skerritt says well I'd soon as not and then he very quietly almost breathes out and then says as not burn it at the stake and 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 I think because he says it much quieter we just don't pick up on it yeah but I don't know what it means yeah the (laughs) uh well considering the context of uh uh, rewatched um the horror that that he portrays in Dallas during the eruption of the fa- of the chestburster, um, it just seems like a really jaded jaded thing to say. But then I, I don't know. It just I can't find any context for it at all in anything that he's established yeah. in his performance. Yeah. Although, although when you think about it, it could be like George Lucas's uh, "It's Poetry" bollocks <laughs> because. <laughs> In in the original cut, he does get burnt at the stake. He well, he gets burnt on a wall. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. But yeah, so perhaps it perhaps it was something like that. I don't mm. know. Oh well. It's oh, a well. mystery for the ages. It's nice though that in a, in a, a film from 1979, we can still be surprised. Well, I and might I, have an, yeah. I might have another surprise for you, Ian oh, and Daryl. Oh, right. I don't know if. Yeah, I don't know if either of you are, uh, know this fact, but oh. there is an instance in the film where Dallas's line is not spoken by Tom Skerritt. All oh, right. 
No, I didn't know that. Is that like a radio chatter or something like that? No, 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 no. It's, it is a line. It's in the film. Crucially, you don't see him say it. Right. But it, I, and I've always thought it was Tom Skerritt. But no, there there is one line. Oh. Care to hazard a guess, or shall I just tell you? I wouldn't like to. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it might depend on the, um, the version. There's a there's an odd. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the trouble these days. These days. There's yeah. so many different tweaks on all of these. No, no, this is right releases. from the get-go, right from the theatrical. If I if I if I get my if I get my Super Eight Cine film out, will it be on there? <laughs> Your Super Super Eight is silent, isn't it? No sound. Oh, you have got sound, sound and colour, mate. What am I, some sort of <laughs> coffee person? No. I will tell you, and, and and this comes from Terry Rawlings, you know, the editor of the film. So he should knew. He was that always kind of drunk, wasn't he? <laughs> that's what you said. Maybe Tom Skerritt was during the whole burn yeah. it at the stake thing. Maybe that Could is the been, explanation. Yeah. You know, he's just babbling nonsense. No, but according to Terry Rawlings, when they were ADR in the film, Tom yeah. Skerritt had gone home. Yeah, they flown... just got someone else to do it. <laughs> they seems did. A bit, seems a bit, uh, a bit They cruel. did. Right, right. So the actual line that isn't spoken by Tom Skerritt right. is, Good morning, mother. Yeah, right. No, I wouldn't have guessed that. It ah. sounds like him. Yeah. Would you like to guess second second uh, quiz question of the day? <laughs> You've got to guess who it is. Who says the line? If it's not Tom Skerritt, who says "Good morning, mother"? Is it uh, Kane? Nope. Daryl, would you like to have a stab at who says the line "Good morning, mother" in the film? I don't know. It sounds like Skerritt. So yeah, I was gonna say yeah. It sounds to me like Skerritt. It's, it's a bloody good impression because it's actually Ridley Scott. Oh right. Terry Rawling says that that was Ridley Scott. Is that being confirmed anywhere? It's I've got this from uh, the Making of Alien book by J.W. Rinsler. Yeah, but we we know this from Doctor Who circles that the the worst people to remember anything are the people that worked on these things. Yes, yeah, they they they, they yeah. do mutate and change over the over the years, yeah. don't they? Recollections. Do, so do you think? Weirdly, coincidentally, when they record in this, Ridley Scott's mother was in the room, <laughs> and he was just saying in the background, "Good morning." Good morning. Well, it sounds so natural, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I would have said it was uh, uh, Tom Skerritt. So, well done, Ridley, if that's the case. If it is true, the new yeah. Mikey Arwood, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and, and another mind blown today. Yes. Yep. I uh, yeah mm. I I was surprised the other day um, to see that picture of. Uh, Little Deep Roy. Yes. Dublin as, uh, well, someone, Parker, Kane, someone in a, in a Nostromo uniform. It's like, wow. Yeah, Deep Roy. Yeah. And, and Yavat Koto um, outside the studios. Yeah, I've never seen that photo before. Yeah, I mean, the amount of cons we've been to where he's at, and you've never thought to get his autograph on. No. Did, has anyone said why Deep Roy was there? Was it one of these things where they were trying all sorts of body combinations and combinations of people to try and get an, a, a working well, non-human-like alien? In that, in that picture, he's wearing a pair of Nostromo pants that have obviously been made for him. It's not, I don't think anyone else anyone else's would have fitted him so well, they must have been doing something well he wasn't one of the yeah. children was he that was Ridley well, no, Scott's they, children yeah, but they and the were, cameraman's child they were, in they, the, they, they were in the space suits, not the, yeah I didn't think of any, any scene where but yeah it was uh, it wouldn't have been to inhabit the fake body of Ash during that 
the, no, the beheading because his bottom would have been out of scale. So. Yeah. Well, also, also that when he sat on Kane, he hasn't got a bottom, has he? Well, this <laughs> is true. <laughs> I reckon. Do you, do you think they were doing a, a, a scene that didn't make the cut because it was comedic, and it was he was playing Brett's legs going up through a, a duct, a little oh. waggling his legs. Oh, it might be. A bit of a forced perspective shot, yeah. so you don't have yeah. to ha- have it so high up or something. Oh, it could be. Well, it would have, the ducks would have been fixed, fixed quicker since he would have been able to crawl in them, so that, that had to go, that had to go. Yeah. Well, we have wondered as well, because um, K- uh, Parker does say, the goddamn thing was huge. So perhaps, <laughs> oh, it was compared to Deep Roy, mate. <laughs> well, you've just blown my mind there. In, in yeah. I'm imagining that Deep Roy was first choice to play Parker. That would, that would have been a different film, wouldn't that it? That would be a different film. Well, well, yeah. I want yeah. to see that cut. <laughs> I want to see that cut. But true, the, true. Yeah. I mean, assuming... I don't I don't believe that he actually appears in the finished film. I think you're probably right, Eric. It was some sort of test stuff or that. But if he does appear in any scene, that makes him pretty unique, doesn't it? Because he appeared in... You know, the Star Wars saga, yeah, Alien, Flash Gordon, Doctor Who. He's going to have a pretty yeah. high genre tally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we going to do an episode on Deep Roy's legs? <laughs> it could be that he was at the studio because, you, you know, they were prepping for um, Empire Strikes Back at the time and he did yeah. play Yoda in one shot, didn't he? Yeah. I, I believe they kept him at the studio. <laughs> he was, <laughs> Wait, he lived he was an asset, yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Uh, well, we derailed a bit there. Let's get back to to Dallas. Um, um, Tom Skerritt was the first to be cast. Are you all aware of that? He was the first of the actors to be cast uh, for uh, Alien. I, I suppose it makes sense because, he, as we said, I was going to say about ten minutes ago, but it was what for me and Eric like four days. Yeah. Um, he was the biggest name, certainly internationally, uh, at the time. So I imagine he was probably used to. You know, to, you know, as a draw for the, the you know the studio and the, the money. Was he for you, uh, Daryl? Do you remember Tom Skerritt being big? Was he big in the states? I remember, no. Um, I would have to, I would have to consult the old the inter, internet mind to remember what he was doing at that time. because yeah. it, it come off of Mash. So oh no! In this well, country, I he was it. he was big. Well, oh, he well, at that time, I was fifteen when I saw the movie, so yeah. I was I was I had to be. Accompanied by an adult to see it the yeah. first time, so I never saw oh, uh, right. Mash till after I was well used to him in Alien. Right. Okay. He he was going to turn it down. Tom Skerritt was going to turn the film down because he didn't want to do science fiction. But then he noticed, you know, that Ridley Scott was, uh, you know, involved in it, and he he had seen the Duelists by that point, and he was impressed by the Duelists, and that's why he signed on. He just basically had faith in in Ridley Scott. Um, I, I like that. I like it that he's got a beard in it. There's not enough of that era that usually a beard meant evil. Well, it's back to Star Trek, aren't we? Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, if Star you've got Trek's a goatee, you must be yeah. evil. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see a heroic figure with a beard. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the Dan O'Bannon script, he wasn't called Dallas, was he? He was Chaz Standard. Chaz. Chaz, yes, C H A Z, Chaz Standard, standard, and um, you know the air duct scene. I can't see this playing out in the film that we see. In that they drew straws 
as to who was going to go into the air duct. And for drawing no goddamn straws. <laughs> you just know that's Parker what he would wouldn't say. Have, yeah, he wouldn't have taken part, would he? Yeah. And, uh, but when you, when you think about it, I was thinking about this. Again, it shows what a terrible, terrible captain Dallas is, that he decided to go into the air ducts. His, mm. That's not his job. His job is to keep the ship safe. Well, he we shouldn't said, be putting himself in harm's way like that. We said in part one, he, he shouldn't have gone out. He shouldn't have been part no, of the away team, no. should he? Nah. Um, well, especially considering the... Uh, I don't think they bring it up in the film definitively, the, the minimum number on board. But uh, yeah. The, yeah. His, his decision to go into the vents uh, just smacks of... Uh, the guilt that he must feel with yeah. this hell that he's brought to everybody, and but I think it is interesting because he's he's certainly the leader, so it was obviously a struggle to to get to that point to to go in himself, but realizing, of course, I don't think at that point they you know they're just hearing what Parker's told them, but yeah. I don't think yeah. he quite realized the danger. Do you think he um, he thought Parker was doing his usual exaggeration of everything? Well, possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he's uh, he's certainly scared out of his wits, but given his um, usual manner, hyperbole is probably his go-to. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With you guys mentioning Dallas and Parker, are you aware of an, an early Walter Hill draft where Dallas and Parker are seen in and in, in his words in a pleasure bed? No. Who's Dallas? Who's, uh... Whose version was that? Walter Hill. Has, I've got it written down here. Has Dallas and Parker in a pleasure bed and are in a post-coital haze. Okay. Can you see, <laughs> see that? Genghis Khan dancing in the background. And the other, yeah. uh, I want to know what a pleasure thing. bed is. What's a pleasure bed? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Answers on a postcard. Please. Yeah, answers on the Facebook page, but no photos. Yeah. No. Um... Dallas. I mean, these these oh, days sorry. for me, a pleasure bed is just a bed that you go to sleep in. A bed with a pillow. At the end yeah. of a, a very tiring day, yeah. <laughs> a, a bed with a cat on it. That's what a pleasure bed is. Yeah. Daryl, are you aware of what Dallas's first name is? Oh, no. Um, yes, and if, if you mean the... Uh, I thought it was Captain, but then, of course, <laughs> they had to go in and establish everything in Aliens... Um, and which caused quite an uproar. I don't know about uh, Arthur Koblenz, I believe, is the... Yeah, that's what James Cameron had changed it to, Arthur Koblenz. Although on, on the screen it actually says Arthur Dallas Koblenz. Um, but no, I mean, the, the, the initial you know background that Ridley Scott gave for the characters, it, it was just A.J. Dallas. Yeah. So James Cameron decided, right, first name begins with A, I'll, I'll make him an Arthur... And then, for some reason, changed the J to a K in much the same way. He uh, having the uh, the Wayland letter change. Yeah, I don't it's know very, why. Very strange, isn't it? I think it's just it's that. You know, I mean, you can you can ask whether his ego is deserved or not. That's opinions, but um, I do think it's an ego thing. And it's like when they bring in a writer, they have to change something. Otherwise, why have they brought a writer in? You've got to justify your paycheck. So I think that that's why these things end up very strange. But yeah, we didn't need, we don't need to know their first names. No, no. You know, I mean, we didn't need to know like R.J. McCready what that stood for. No, and he had a heroic beard as well. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, Daryl, what's your take? We've we've already aired our, our our views on it. What's your what's your view on the Dallas Cocoon sequence? Um, I like the payoff. Uh, having read the the novelization, I just could not imagine it. Seeing some of the artwork in Book of Alien, um, it was it was creepy. But then, well, and I guess to further give context, uh, you know, I'd gone from watching the deleted scenes back in the days of dial-up with that horrible resolution, so to finally see it in uh, full dripping uh, resolution uh, was very creepy. I agree that it shouldn't have been there. It does, it does take, you know, stop the action in the, in the film, but uh, just as a die-hard fan, I think I I enjoy watching it, um, but it's uh, what they had to go through. <laughs> Seeing photos of, of Tom Skerritt in the makeup and in the in the set uh, must have been horrible to go through all of that and then be cut. <laughs> it's very odd in the you know I mean when you see it, it's lit strangely and. You, you don't really see an awful lot of whatever Tom Skerritt's poking his head out of. Um, and Ian and I aren't fans of it, are we, Ian? No, I, I, it's worth seeing. And like you say, after after reading uh, Alan Dean Foster's novelization, we all wanted to see it. It was the holy grail for fans. And like I say, when I first saw it on the uh, Laserdisc box set, that didn't even have the, like music or atmospheric sounds or anything on it it was literally just the the, the bare bones of it and that it made it even worse but yeah it was like oh okay I can I can see why they cut it it doesn't really add anything I'd like to see clear photos of whatever that is that cocoon thing is because the person that actually sculpted that cocoon was Peter Voicey who is a, a criminally overlooked guy responsible for an awful lot of you know alien you know right. including the space jockey and the derelict he's the guy that did all the work you know uh with the plasticine embedding you know the wire and all the details in it everyone reckons it was giga but it wasn't it was by brian muir and peter voicey were the main two guys that did it um, giga designed it though. he designed it oh yeah yeah but they that they managed to you know turn that you know that fantastic <sighs> air just... Airbrush just builders, mate. Painting. Well, just builders. They're just builders. <laughs> they're, just, they're just, yeah. They were craftsmen. They weren't builders. But the, so, the so, architect gets the claim. <laughs> so I would like to see a, a, a decent, clear view of the sculpture, you know, the fiberglass creation or whatever yeah. it was, that they then put old, poor old Tom Skerritt into yeah. and then hung him on the wall. Do you think they should have, you know, because they look up and... Um, you're meant to see what's left of Brett and it's more egg-like. Do you think they should have put Brett's cap on top of the egg? <laughs> Just to let everyone know, because it doesn't shirt. look like him. Yeah, yeah, an egg. An egg wearing a Hawaiian shirt and a cap. It would yeah. have been like the uh, alien version of uh, uh, Gaunt, uh, Wizard of Oz with the witch disappears. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the thing that, that, um, that I like about the scene is and to totally go out on the limb uh, here. Since Alien's my favorite, I think it, it really further established the... You don't know why it does this. It just does this. It seemed like a natural yeah. biological process and, and really uh, just up the creep level. Um, 
considerably, but um, no so, way to. I yeah. mean, it would have been another what hour, uh, another half hour film to have added these sorts of th- scenes yeah. in, and it would have. Yeah. Do you um, do you think that the 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 idea of the queen alien laying the eggs, or the alien life cycle, is that it just creates its own eggs? Which do you prefer? Uh, created some. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think it's more alien. I think I like the queen. I think the queen is an amazing um, creature design, but but it does it does sort of step them down again to they're yeah. just insects. If you, exactly, if you've got a, a a queen laying the eggs, propagating the species, that's not alien. No, that's that's Earth-like. You know. Yeah, I I was. So I remember, like, say, reading the, the novelization and, and reading the making of and the alien book where it's got the hieroglyphs and all that, where it shows the so. I was mesmerized by that. That this yeah. this is a full circle, back to an egg type life cycle. It, that was so much creepier for me. So much more alien. Hmm. Yep. Well, and, and we t- I'm sorry. I was just going to say the the additional thing is that. Um, it, it brings back that whole, well, pardon the pun, alien aspect of it. You don't. You, once you go to explain things, it seems to yeah, lose its yeah. drama. And yeah, I yeah. think this just showed. Because why is Dallas still, you know, Dallas, and he has the blood. Um, that brought some interesting questions as well. Because it's like, well, once he grabbed, once he was grabbed. Um, what might have gone on so it was it was one of those situations i think for me it just raised a lot more creepy questions to make the alien yeah. more, uh, more scary just, just more horrific isn't it it's more you just don't know what's going on hmm. before we talk about tom skerritt daryl um i've got a feeling i know the answer to this question but would you like to just uh, rank for us your 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 preference for the alien films starting with number one um almost in the order in which they were released, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. The, uh, after, after Aliens, I, you know, faithfully watched more. Um, I've come to enjoy three more. Um, four. Um, I, you know, I can watch it for what it is, but as far as uh, trying to meld it all into a cohesive universe, uh, there's a whole lot of retconning that has to happen um in fact i i think you know call me crazy but i think alien prometheus and alien covenant um may be my favorites um for for the creepy value um aliens is just you know as they as they call it the roller coaster ride it's like the the scariest Mm -hmm. parts of alien i mean I, i still watched aliens and and had that body horror fear you know there's the thing in alien that left me uh stayed with me was you know you don't want to get caught by this thing you don't know what it's going to do you hope it kills you but you don't know what it's going to do um even in you know having read the, the novelization the movie gave me enough uh imagination to fill in blanks that the novel opened but in alien you still felt that way because uh, but in the others i think it was um it was more science fiction than the, than the, the mystery of the unknown if that makes any sense. And then, of course, uh, the obvious changes in the directors and their visions and things like that. And uh, So, yeah, I would say pretty much in the order that they were, they were released. 
Okay. Yes, it's definitely the um, the law of diminishing returns, isn't it? With yeah. The alien saga. But I, I yeah, I, I, I think I agree totally on that one. I love, I, I love Alien. It's fairly obvious. Um, but I really like Aliens. But I think it did diminish it because in Alien, you, you felt that this was an unstoppable horror. And in Aliens, it's if you got a gun, yeah, you're all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicely put. Nicely put. All right then, uh, Mr. Skerritt, old Tom. Then um, we'll Tommy just Boy. Have, we'll just have a short talk about him. Um, born in Detroit in 1933, um, made his movie debut in 1962. Um, but the first ten years, really, of his acting life was mainly in television, and he was in tons. And I would like to find these episodes, you know, to see if he had the beard. Um, he was in like Gunsmoke and Mannix and The Virginian and Hawaii Five O, The Fugitive. Um, like Ian said, Big Break was in MASH, um, the movie version. Um, post Alien, the two things that I remember him in is The Dead Zone um, and, uh, and his spectacular high rise haircut in Top Gun. He's got a proper flat top, hasn't he, in Top Gun? I don't know, I've never seen Top Gun. You've never seen Top Gun? No. Oh. That's a surprise. Everybody saw Top Gun, or so I thought. Uh, I, I, I believe your logic is uh, impaired. No, I didn't see it. I've never, never had a... I've never seen E.T. No. no so it has to be someone who's not seen these films. Yeah. So you're feeling and it's Ian. Yeah, you're feeling <laughs> For me, E.T. I tried, yeah, I tried watching it. There was a... You probably didn't get it in the States, but when E.T. came out, that was like the first biggest bootlegged VHS everyone had VHS copies of it and they were bootlegging around. And I remember my brother bought a, a copy down the pub or whatever and we, it was like 10, min, 10 minutes into it and you couldn't watch it. The tracking was all over the place. I've never never had the inclination to watch it again. Wow. I didn't know that about yeah. you, Ian. But I have seen The Boys in Blue many times. But Tom Skerritt's not in that. It, it, well, he might be. We don't it, know. <laughs> It, no it might be. Um, yeah, never seen, there's quite a few really famous, you know, films that people say you should see. I've never seen The Godfather. No way. No. Blimey, yeah. Ian. Ian. Well, I am shocked. All right, we're, we're, we're going to go into the genre tally. As we do it, Ian, would yeah. you like to just type in Tom Skerritt Top Gun and you'll see what on earth I'm talking oh, about, right. about does that. He, does it match, uh, does it match um, Kurt Russell's in Stargate? Yes, it does. does it, it? It's okay. almost like he's channeling all his follicles upwards. For, so he hasn't got a beard, but they've all gone north and, and erupted out the top of his head. Was he, uh, was he in that new Top Gun? Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen the new one. All I know is I've... He's, have you got him? Have oh, a God, look at yeah. that. Look at that. Oh, he, look, he looks good in a naval uniform, though. It suits yep. him. But that hair, I mean, that could be an aircraft carrier yeah, all wow. by itself. Do you think he accidentally wandered under the props of a plane that was running? <laughs> <laughs> you could land a, 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 you know, a tomcat on top of that. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So genre tally. Genre tally is 15. All right. Oh, that's pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. Um, so we're starting off with My Favourite Martian. So that's going back oh. a bit. That's early 60s, right. wasn't it? Is it? Or is it... Is that the is it the sixties one? It's not that awful remake they did. No, 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 because no. that that's there. His second thing, he was in Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Was he? Oh, yeah. I wonder which episode. It's called The Enemies, but I don't know what he played in it. I hope he wasn't the monster in a suit. That wouldn't be good. And he stayed with Irwin Allen because his next thing was uh, the Time Tunnel in the Death Trap, whatever one that was. 
I don't think I've I've got the box set and I haven't got through it because they're so boring. But I'm sure I haven't got to that one yet because I would have remembered. Oh, that's Dallas in the Time Tunnel. I've got uh, I've got the uh, the enemies from Voyage Box. See, I'll have to watch that later. Okay, it's on season one. <laughs> he might be in a rubber suit, yeah. in which case that's why you haven't um, seen him. Uh, th- then he was in Kolchak, the Night Stalker. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. Hmm? One of my favourite shows. And and then there's something called the Devil's Reign. Oh, that's um, that's uh, um, William Shatner, isn't it? Well, I've got Ernest Borgnine. I I know yeah. Ernest Borgnine's in it. It's a horror film. Yes. All right. Yeah. Then, that's um, the the, the they had to have uh, it when the Devil's Reign. Weirdly, rain as in water, not rain as in uh, a you know, rain ruling over. Yeah. Um, it melts. Uh, uh, William Shatner's face, so they had to do a life cast of him, and that's the life cast that the Don Post's Captain Kirk mask was made from, which was then, then used as Halloween. <laughs> so it all comes from that film, blimey. Yeah. Right. Okay, then we've got Alien, then we've got The Dead Zone, and then for, first... Uh, no, 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 we'll, we'll hold off on this. Deadly Nightmares, right? Deadly Nightmares was an anthology horror thing, and it's something to do with The Hitchhiker. It's like a TV thing where the hitchhiker introduces solo horror stories. Do you know that one, Daryl? Okay. Then he was in Space Camp. I I vaguely remember him in Space Camp. Um, Then the the reboot, remake of the Twilight Zone TV show. Everyone got an episode of that, didn't they, with the reunion card, I think. Then the Twilight... Sorry, Poltergeist 3, which I've never seen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it's, that's definitely the least of the Poltergeist films. He's he's actually alright in it. He's uh, Caroline goes to live with her uncle, and I think he's her uncle. Okay, all right. And uh, occasionally we do this on our shows. Um, um, I'm going to give you a title of a film, Ian. You've got to guess the plot line. Oh dear, go on. Right, because sometimes Ian's good. Uh, it, it, it's in proportion to the uh, the crap of the film. The more Ian gets the tagline. Yeah. Yeah, I know. think I think like terrible script writers, I think. Alright, so what would you what would your script be then, Ian, if you uh, were saddled with the title of a film just called Mammoth? Mammoth. Uh I, it would be about a they find a woolly mammoth in the ice and it uh, comes back to life or has a disease on it, and then you just rip off the thing every step you can take. Totally and utterly wrong. Oh, well, we I'm go. sorry. <laughs> That's a better film, though, than what this one's going to be, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Daryl, it's down your way, this mammoth, because it says... Oh, is it mammoth? It's not man-moth. No, not a mammoth. Does man- Tom Skerritt play a <laughs> human-sized He's moth? a giant moth. No, 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 no. Oh. It's, set, it's set, it says here, on a hot summer afternoon in the sleepy town of Blackwater, Louisiana. No, right? And basically, they think it's a meteor crashing to Earth. It crashes into the it's Natural History Museum. Uh, no, it crashes into the Natural History Museum. It's not a meteor. It's a spaceship which contains a shape-shifting life form which latches on and will as- uh, uh, assume the appearance of the first thing that it, um, you know, the first organam- organism it comes into contact with, which is a partly frozen mammoth. So... Yeah, yeah. So this alien turns into a mammoth, which then goes on a rampage. What sort of a plan is that from a, an alien species? 
Well, we're gonna we're gonna have you whenever you land. The first thing you touch, you're gonna turn into. Why? Oh, I, I don't know. Hmm. Why? What? That's mad. Hmm. Well, it just so happened to be a mammoth, well, and it starts stomping across so Louisiana. According to right. IMDb, it was filmed in Baton Rouge, as Ooh. well as as well as Bucharest, Romania. <laughs> That's quite a stretch there. Oh, yeah. um, the next door village, yes. Oh dear. This I, sounds like then one of those where they would film a couple of establishing scenes in America in an office, probably with 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 a reasonably priced ex star. Yeah, like Tom Skerritt. He'll be going. He'll, someone will come in and he'll have to give a report to them, and then it will cut to completely different actors where the bulk of the film was filmed in uh, a far eastern country. Yeah. that's nice. Got some nice cheap labour. I think you're about yeah. right. Yeah. All right. So that's that. The next thing he did was the Do Gray Scott version of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Don't think I've seen that. I don't. I've. I haven't seen that. Daryl, you seen that? No, okay. And and last time today, Ian, for you to guess the plot line. Oh. The Velveteen Rabbit. Well, I know there's a book called The Velveteen Rabbit. Oh, is it? Oh, Very it? famous, yeah. Um, what's, about, the, what's the well, plot it's, of it? It, it, it's, it? It's a children's book, and it's, um, it's a, a, a rabbit, a, a toy rabbit or something that the girl loses, and then she gets it back, but it's not her rabbit is something like that it's been quite a while since I've read it right well it's um, if it's an adaptation of that it is except it's a boy yeah. not a girl oh well the plot says a lonely boy wins over his distant father and strict grandmother with help from a brave velveteen rabbit whose one go. wish is to become a real rabbit someday do you know what though if you're going to make a cuddly toy velveteen not the material to use awful no. to sew yeah awful um, and uh, Tom Tom Skerritt Yep. Dallas Flavian. No, he was the voice of the horse. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And the last uh, genre thing, he's still making stuff, but the last genre thing he did is uh, a short called The Phantom 52. Yeah. Okay. And the plot line for that, I, I don't know if you want to try and guess that, Ian. I bet you won't uh, is get it, it. The Phantom 52, is it something to do with uh, aircraft? No. No. The 52 sounds military, don't it? Like the fighting 52. It's something to do with CBs. Oh, what? Citizens Band Radio? Yeah. Wow. It says, A trucker who calls out on his CB radio waiting for a reply that never comes. A ghost that haunts the deserted highways. A whale that sings at a frequency no other whale can even hear. Hang on, there's a whale on a CB radio? Yeah, I guess. Singing to other I whales. Do you know, I was, um, I was in a small town... Uh, yesterday, uh, me and Anne went out uh, for a meal, and there was a CB repair shop. No, who's still using? Yeah, CB. <laughs> who's still using CB? Well, you are in Wales. Have they not? Yeah. Well, that's true. Actually, yeah, we're we're, we're still organising convoys. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. That, that that was. Did you, did you get involved in that, Eric? Because I remember when I was a kid. No. Again, my brother he bought a CB, and it was pathetic because we can't do that sort of thing in this country. So it's like all these all these middle-aged men meeting up in a pub to to swap. You had ID cards, so you had your your handle on a card, and you'd swap cards, and people would collect them. No one ever went on the CB. Pointless exercise. <laughs> uh, it was it was it was crazy over here. I, I, yeah. My uh, my father's friend was a uh, a ham radio operator, and so, but you know, it got to where everybody could have a CB in the in the pickup truck, and. Uh, 
believe it or not, it was pretty handy on the highway back before radar detectors because you yeah. Uh-huh. And once you learned the lingo, it was it was really it was really pretty fun to listen to because it was uh, you know they had their own language, but uh, it got a lot of got a mileage a lot of mileage movies made songs made. Uh, I'm sure you heard Convoy that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but that they're still repairing them today and you'd think that'd be a youtube uh, google and you'd be doing it yourself but maybe not yeah it's just it was such a i, I was thinking does he get a lot of passing trade <laughs> <laughs> maybe the whales uh, yeah. still have a problem and well it could well yeah well we are in wales so yeah, yeah you the could whale, welsh whales uh, welsh, welsh yes. whales <laughs> Okay, so that's Tom out the way. Um, Dallas himself, merchandise wise, there's a fair bit on old Dallas, isn't there? Um, there's the a few ult- figures, I think. Yeah, the ultimate being the Necker figure. Yeah, but nice. uh, the problem with the Necker, well, it's not a problem. It's just startling in that if you get the Necker Dallas figure, he's in his spacesuit, and Dallas's spacesuit is pink. Yeah, which isn't very evident if you watch any version of the film because of the lighting. But he is wearing a pink suit, so I've got the neck of Dallas. Well, on, what's on wrong my with that? Shelf. Are you saying and pink is no, no? Is it's a color he shouldn't it, wear. You you don't think of the color pink when you think of Alien, do you? There's a bit of pinkness in the uh, you know all the oysters and the clams, you know, yeah. or the Nottingham lace when Kane's looking in the uh, in the top of the egg. But pink isn't a color I really associate with Alien. No, that's well, true. They, yeah. they used it on the uh, the trim of the uh, on the collar trim. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Dallas, yeah. Dallas has got that. pink trim, which <laughs> which I, I had to make my own. It's very hard to buy pink trim. Yes, you don't know, Daryl, but Ian is in the process of making Dallas's Nostromo jacket right yeah. now, and 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 mighty nice it looks too. Yes, it's, yeah, it's com- coming along nicely. But that again, that's uh, it's incredibly difficult because none of the lighting in the film shows up anything the right colour. No. It's it's so difficult. Um, yeah, the the more accurate they they, they are, yeah. the odder they look actually. Um because you're not used to seeing them that way. Yeah. Well they they were RAF jackets, so they're they're a blue grey and yet in the film they look almost olive drab. Yes. You know, yeah, it's uh it is difficult. But yeah, pink pink suit is I think is uh, I think his space suit looks alright. I've got him yeah. here. Yeah, I don't know if it, if his spacesuit still exists. I know Kane's does because I've been up up, up yeah. close up close to it, um, but I don't know if if Tom Skerritt's one did, still uh, exists. Did Kane's have a slightly soiled gusset? <laughs> okay, doke. So that's that. Right. Okay. Here we go. This is going to be very interesting. It's always interesting when we have a a, a, a third co-host to help us with our voting. Um, so the first voting we're going to do today is for um, for Dallas. I prepped you on this, Daryl. Um, so it, it it's out of ten. It's just a straight out vote on on the character. Not like Blade Runner, where we do you know their costume design and effectiveness, etc., etc. It's just a straight out of ten. Did you want to go first, or Ian, or me? Who wants to go first? I think guests first. Why not? I might as well get it out of the way. It, I, I've I've grieved over this. It's so, like you said, it's so difficult to to rank them. Um, but I think I would give uh, Dallas uh, an eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay. All right, Ian. Do you want to go next? Yeah. Um, no, you can go. You can go first, guy. 
Age Before Beauty. All right. Well, yeah, as I said, as Daryl said, it's very difficult to choose. And yes. I love Dallas. I, I, I love him to bits. And, um, and each time we talk about a, a character we love, when we do one of our podcasts, I love them even more after, you know, studying, just studying their scenes and, and, and t- discussing them. And I, I, I love him to bits, but I don't love him as much as I love Parker and Lambert. All right. And Parker and Lambert, I gave a 9.7. All right, so I'm going to give him a nine and a half. All right, because I can't, I, 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 yeah. I can't slot him as uh, alongside those two. So yeah, nine and a half from me. Um, for me, yeah, I, I agree with what both of you are saying. I really like the character of Dallas. Um, Tom Skerritt is great. He's, he's well, like all of the all of the actors and the characters, they're so believable. Everything he does, you can believe what he is. Um, but he, he he loses a little bit because. His actions are so questionable in my book, um, but yeah. So I, I, I've dropped him down to a nine out of ten. A nine. All right. Um, all right. Just write that down for future reference. Divided by three. Well, it's a nine. That's a flat out oh. nine. Okay. Yeah, that couldn't have. Did that work out? Yeah, nine and a half yeah. plus eight and a half is okay. eighteen. Plus that's nine. two nines. That's not, you're right. Wow, you're better at math. It's a me. straight nine. All right. Now, see, we if I was if I was in charge of, on the Nostromo, we would have just smashed straight into the asteroid <laughs> <laughs> because my maths would have been off. Yeah. So there we go. He gets a straight nine. Now, all of our we imagine all our you know characters that we do on all our shows are in imaginary things. It's a caravan in Doctor Who. Um, and it's an apartment in Blade Runner at the moment, and in Alien in character, in Escape Pods, aren't they? And so, Escape Pod number nine, Dallas is sharing. Oh, an Escape Pod. It's got to be with another alien. It is character. another alien. He's sharing an Escape Pod with Brett. Oh, yeah. He's going to get annoyed, isn't he? Both of those yeah. have got a nine. Above them, at number 9.85, still and has been for quite a long time, is Parker. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we got 9.85 for Parker, 9 for Brett and Dallas, and then just below them at 8.75, we got Lambert. So, yeah, the top Will Parker three... be toppled out that time? Well, I don't know. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, all right? So that's that. And now um, we haven't done this for ages and ages. We're going to vote out of 10 on the space jockey. Um, Now, the space jockey, this is, for me, I I know Ian... Do you know when it was first coined, space jockey? Oh, that's an interesting question. I'll have to look through my, you know, illustrated alien book. All the books from 79... And see if it was called I the yeah. space jockey. I got, I got a feeling it wasn't. I got a feeling that was that was a perhaps a fan name or something. Yeah, I, mm. I've done some digging myself. Yeah. Um, I the earliest I can find it was from an interview with Ridley Scott, probably one of the uh, documentaries or what. He he mentions he refers to it as space jockey, but I always thought it was a tag. Uh, you know, just a a latter day. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, something, something for the fans to latch onto it, to tag it with, so as you're not saying the big guy in the chair with the the gun. The, 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 yeah. the, the pilot, yeah, the pilot. I like to call him the pilot. Pilot, yeah. Uh, n- none of us call him the engineer in a suit, do we? Uh, see, that's what I was going to say. I mean, this is one, 
I, I know Ian's uh, uh, likes Prometheus, but this is where you know I would rather Alien didn't spawn anything afterwards yeah. because it has spoilt the sp- space jockey for me to some degree, knowing that there's some blue bloke inside. Yeah, it, there. It, in an ideal world, Alien would have been a standalone film. Yes. Yeah. I think, but I I love Prometheus for different reasons. Not the fact that it's an alien movie. I just think it's a very, very, very good movie as a standalone. But yeah, I I I, I think I've got that dissidence in my mind where I can happily not when I'm watching Alien not think there's a big blue fellow in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, while while you were just talking, in I've I've leaned across and I've got my book of Alien. Oh, okay. which is the original. Version seventy nine, the star. White, white yes. cover. Pardon me. White cover. Yeah, white cover. Yeah, I've got it in my hand right now. Um, the the star books version, and I've flicked to uh, the space jockey pages. He's called the space jockey. Is it? All right. Back in seventy nine, he okay. was called the space jockey. All right. So yeah, I mean, we've got a vote out of uh, ten on this uh, big chap. Um, um, and as as I say, we're going to do design. And effectiveness out of ten, and then what we'll do is we'll add them all together, and that, then that gives us a final one. Um, as I said, you know, Peter Boise is is the um, unsung hero of that uh, creation. Um, I can't believe that when they had finished filming, that they shipped it off to the states for the premiere at the yeah, Egyptian Theatre. Yeah, it got or something. Didn't it? it was outside, and yeah, it was yeah. probably. <laughs> It was destroyed. Well, one one of the things about plasticine, not not very weatherproof, is it? No. No. All right. So uh, we need votes off of all three of us for you know the design. So anyone would like to go first on design? Um. Go, sure. go on, Dad. Um, I'm gonna say uh, nine and a half, mm-hmm. simply because. Uh, the, the design of that thing really uh, it sent the imagination and, and it was beyond what the, the derelict showed us it was like what is this thing half grown into this machine and yeah it, it really for me for the alien it put me in that place of uh, galactic horror and you know, what are these what are these people have gotten themselves into okay nine and a half um I've I've always adored it. I've always loved the mystery of it until Prometheus came out. You know, um, you, you know, just what what is he doing? Is he a pilot? What's he doing? What is this thing? Is it a gun? Because Ian, did you have the Halcyon kit, the vinyl kit? That came no, out in the I 90s? wish I had because it's worth a fortune now. But no, yeah. I, I never picked it up because I didn't think even back then I didn't think it was particularly value for money given its size and it wasn't particularly greatly detailed. I didn't think, but. Um, yeah, I, I I always thought that that is that a gun? Is that you know was he trying to shoot down an alien or something? I I think that's what's great about him, isn't it? Is that he um, he stimulates the imagination. Yeah, yeah. And in that film, if it's yeah. just this film, you know, it's never answered. Dallas no, says it looks like an he's answer. grown out of yeah. the chair. You know, um, so so for me, it's a ten. I I, yeah. I, I think it's a fantastic. You know actual 3D, you know, recreation of that beautiful Giga airbrushed painting, you know um, um, it's a beautiful piece yeah, of work Yeah, I, I agree, it's a, it's a work of art it's it's beautiful it's really weird as well because it's it has got a, a peacefulness about its face 
even though there's not really any features there that you can latch onto, there is something peaceful about it. It's always it always yeah. makes me think of an elephant for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it's got. You know, Do you remember the 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 god awful uh, Dark Horse comic series where they came back oh. and they had like trunky things? And, and oh, I remember them terrible. frowning. They yes. frowned, yeah. and it's like no. <laughs> well, it always made terrible. me wonder why they didn't go the route of. I mean, the, the ship looks grown. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, and, and what's other? I guess it depends on what what influences they had, or Giger may have pulled out of his imagination. But uh, you know, as as uh, as science fiction grew into you know biological science fiction and cyborgs and things, it occurred to me. You know, no one's ever ever theorized that maybe it was grown to. F- Whatever function it had on this ship, it was just grown in place. That's all it did. It didn't leave it. Yeah. Um, and and I will say this: that the the thing about it, um, it almost looks like it has a rictus grin. That it, I don't know if it's in pain or it heard a good joke, but that skeletal remain when when Dallas backs away and the light begins to fade off from his uh, his helmet. Um, yeah, it looked to me like the thing might have been screaming. I don't know, but in. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I I always thought that it was grown out of the chair a bit. I I thought it'd be something like Moya from Farscape, you know, where mm. it's it's part of the ship, and it couldn't escape. Um, what what's weird is it? I mean, it's meant to be a. It looks like it's meant to be a fossil, so you don't know what it looked like originally. But it doesn't look like it's got a mouth, so you wonder where the face hugger sort of did its business. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there were there were uh, apertures here and there. That's uh, true. Yes, trumpet, yes. trumpet apertures there any, at the base. Any holes a goal, as they say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, uh, for me, uh, yeah, I, I agree with Eric. For me, it's a ten out of ten. It's 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 a beautiful bit of work. Okay, right. So that that out the average for design then is nine point eight. Okay, so he is the highest um, design wise. So far, nine point eight. Okay, I've got a feeling anything Giga designed is going to dominate this list. As as this show goes on and we get more and more of the creatures from you know Alien Three and Resurrection, um, yeah, I think we're going to have a yeah. Giga top list somewhat, don't you? Um, okay, Daryl, back to you for the effectiveness of the space jockey, please. Oh, I'll go ten. A ten. Yeah, okay. I'll go. I'll go ten as well. I'll go ten as well. Yeah. That was easy, wasn't it? Don't need to calculate it now. No, so, yep. Um, how long before we get a straight out 10 again? You know? Um, so, all right, so that then is... Okay, so we've got a 10 for effectiveness. We've got a 9.8 for design. If I add them two together and divide by two, that is a final of 9.9. 9.9, okay, wow. That's good. Okay, 9.9. Putting him on our loving the alien tally, because that's the final uh, score. He's got 9.9. There's only other one other creature on the list at the moment, and that's the chestburster from Alien, and that's 8.6. All right, so 9.9 for the space jockey, 8.6 for the alien chestburster. Have you, uh, you ever tried building one, Eric? What, the space jockey? Yeah. No, 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 no. I keep meaning to get the um, the Eagle Moss one and repainting it like I did yeah. with the derelict, and I might do that one day if it, if it's cheap enough on one of their sales. You've you got some of them, it. haven't you, um, 
Daryl, you've got some of the Eagle Moss kits. Have, or, I, I do. Statues. I do. Yeah. Have you got the but space jockey? Uh, no. Ah. No, I do not. But for the price point, I think it's it's a nice. Uh, they do nice work. Um, I say I don't. Yeah. I do. there, was, there was quite a nice. Uh, Konomi did a, a, a series. They of, did, uh, didn't they? Yes. Kiss. Yeah. And there was a really nice space jockey there. Yeah. Giger started his with bones, so maybe yeah. Uh, yeah. you know the next time you you get chicken or something like. Yeah. That. I, I can imagine. I can imagine you, Eric. One tea time. A bit like in Close Encounters with the mashed potato. You'll be you'll be <laughs> piling your bones up, and your missus will look at you, and you'll go, "This is important." Next time we have a roast chicken, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely do that. Then. Uh, grab it, smash it into your face, and go face hugger. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, wait until your kids bring their first boyfriend or girlfriend home to do it. That's the time to do it. Yeah, yeah that's the time. All right, okay. Yeah. And if my wife has a go at me, I'll say Ian made me do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind taking the blame on that. And that Daryl as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm far enough away. She can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> can't swing that far. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, that's us done then. Dallas is over. This is the problem we have with our podcast is, you know, when we reach, you know, characters that we adore, we talk about them and then they're gone. Uh, in in the main part you know I mean we'll be talking about him again you know we've only got two more characters to go on Alien and that's Ash and and Ripley so Uh, he will be uh, mentioned uh, Jonesy and Jonesy sorry (laughs) Uh, Ian the cat lover okay he's the most sensible character he survives both films yes (laughs) tell ya Okie doke. All right. Okay. So, uh, folks, join us next time. We're going to Aliens next time. Um, and uh, Ian doesn't know about this. No, With Daryl, you know don't know doing. about it. Definitely. Uh, it's another double act um, oh. ne- next time on Aliens. We're back to um, um, uh, the Colonial Marines. And we're talking Frost and Wisbowski. 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 Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks ever so for coming along today, Daryl. Um, uh, and thank you very much for your, uh, your your input. It's been great fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Pleasure meeting you guys and being on the show. Really enjoy it. Thanks so much. All right. Cheers, nice. Daryl. All right, take bye care. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Ed. Bye. bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. <laughs>